This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It's Monday, August 15th, 2022. How's it going, Jake? It's going great. How are you? Jake seems very unhappy this morning. That's okay. We were going to talk about Joe Rogan, who will be at Maverick Center on Friday night, but instead we won't because we don't. Guy Can't. doesn't even deserve to be on the show. Yeah. So Jake destroyed our topic. Um, it's his fault, not mine, ever, always. Anyway, the point is we'll talk about uh, Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. This new video, Are we? do we have the... Yeah, Donovan's in there. We have Don- the video. Donovan deserves to be on the show. We have the video. Okay. I remember last time we talked about Joe Rogan, we said we'd never talk about him again, and here we are talking about Joe Rogan well, again. Well, he actually said something that I thought was meaningful. Right. Which never happens on this show. Right. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about Donovan Mitchell. We have some video for you uh, on that. We've got to talk about Zachy Poo. Is he a bust for the Jetsy Woo um, and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake takes steroids. We'll talk about that. He plays shortstop for the Padres. Right. All right. That's Fernando Tatis, but that's your fault too. Right. Um, and then we will talk about TikTok and Joe Rogan eventually on the show because he's right about TikTok. If you're using TikTok, you're stupid and it's your fault. Okay. I'm glad we got that out of really the way. Really good conversation there. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. It went by fast. Okay. Did you procreate um maybe maybe that, not that's a no uh no procreation this weekend why do you always assume it's a no and why do why do we always go there to start off okay i i'm just checking in i'm, I'm doing what people in this town do wasting time <laughs> all right wow okay the kitty is hot uh let's talk about donovan <laughs> mitchell and the hot. utah jazz after we tell you that we are giving away a trip for two to see byu BYU take on Notre Dame in Las Vegas uh, in the Shamrock Series at Allegiant Stadium. You get two nights at the lovely Palms Casino Resort and Hotel. You get two tickets to the football game and you get a $250 gas card to get you there. And all you have to do is go to any of the five Utah locations for barbecue pit stop. I want to congratulate Jake Lauren Miller, one of our faithful listeners who won a Traeger smoker go. by going to Barbecue Pit Stop, just filled out a slip, dropped it in the box. They give away a Traeger smoker every week. See, just saying. we hook you guys up. Go to BBQ Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com, or visit Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh, Layton, Logan, Murray, and St. George, there's a box on the counter. Fill out the slip. Drop it in the box. You could win a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. It's all presented by Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666. Is it a risk for the Utah Jazz to keep Donovan Mitchell? Jake, go. No, I don't think it's a risk. I I think that you know, obviously, Donovan Mitchell is is the foundation of the organization. I I, I think 
you know, all these conversations about is it risky or, or, or you know, is there somehow a downside to keeping Donovan Mitchell? No, there's not. I, I think furthermore, in the league, there are like a, a, a ton of players who are more risky than Donovan Mitchell. In fact, what I would say, I think, it's, I think it's more risky to sign Kevin Durant than it is Donovan Mitchell. I think Kevin Durant has shown to be a guy that will constantly leave. Donovan Mitchell hasn't said word one about leaving. Donovan Mitchell has not been a pain in your ass. Donovan Mitchell has not been an issue. And yet here we are talking about, hey, well, you know, is it a risk to keep them? And and that's what my problem is. I, I think as usual, you know, Donovan Mitchell is misunderstood, I feel like. Everybody just assumes that Donovan Mitchell wants to leave because he has been in New York and he's been working with Brickley and then he's been in Miami working with David Alexander, even though that's what he's done every single year. And so, you know, I start to I start to ask the question. What's better for Donovan Mitchell's legacy? What's more important for Donovan Mitchell's legacy? Would it be staying in Salt Lake City, you know, making this work, being being on the same team for a decade? You know, like some of the, some guys in the league, like your Damian Lillard and Steph Curry's, and, you know, obviously there's plenty of examples. Or would it be better for Donovan Mitchell to jump around and go to a different team? And, like, as an example, if he gets traded to the Knicks, then three years down the line when he's unhappy playing for a losing organization and a losing franchise, then he's going to want to move again. And now, all of a sudden, we're going to start calling this guy a ring chaser when he had no control over where he was going to be traded. He had no control over that situation. And so that's why I say the question shouldn't be, like, nationally or locally or really anywhere— is it a risk to keep Donovan Mitchell? I think Don has shown you nothing but, you know, consistency and reliability as far as the organization is concerned. Does he have things he needs to work on? Absolutely. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying that somehow he's fully developed even. But what I am saying is Donovan Mitchell has never been a guy that's been a drama queen or or caused issues in the locker room guy. That's Kyrie Irving. That's Kevin Durant. That's That's all these other guys. So, that's why I say I don't think there's a downside to keeping him, but I just think that Don does not get the respect that that I feel like he's warranted overall. Well, and I, I think that Donovan hasn't earned that respect yet. I think that Donovan Mitchell, while you're right, I don't think Don's, you know, certainly not a pain in the ass. He's not a locker room problem. Donovan Mitchell hasn't won. And frankly, Donovan Mitchell should have won more games. He should have played more games. He should have been in more games of consequence, but he hasn't been. And I think what comes with losing in the NBA is it damages, you know, the way people perceive you. And there's only one way to, to overcome that, and that is to come out, play hard, and play well. And I think if you're Donovan Mitchell, I think you have to average 30 points a, a game out of the gate this year. And I think what we've seen from Don is that he is perfectly willing to do that. And I want to play this video so that everybody can see it because I, I think it's incredibly important um, to see it because I think Donovan Mitchell is working really hard. Donovan is in Miami. He is, he is taking part in a lot of um, training camp style workouts. He's playing with a bunch of other players Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, just a, a bunch of other guys. Bam Adebayo of note, um, also in these runs. But watch this video of Donovan Mitchell and then tell me that this guy isn't vastly improved.
That's incredible. Yeah. And you look at what you see in that video. You see mid-range. You see easy, comfortable three-point shooting that has clearly improved. I, I just think the video we've seen of him defending Anthony Edwards – what is it that you see in that video that makes you feel like this guy's not on the on the verge of breaking out and being a superstar, Jake? I, I don't know what more Jazz fans could want from Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, I think he's working hard in the offseason. I think he's he's developing his game. And, and furthermore, like one step further, I think Donovan understands what's on the line from a, a, a career slash like legacy perspective. He understands that, yeah, it didn't work out between him and Rudy and, and sort of that team. And so now now he's got a fresh team, essentially. They've made a bunch of moves and brought in some guys and done some things. And, and Donovan understands that. And I think Donovan understands that when training camp gets here, he's got to roll up, you know, in shape ready to go, very sharp, like like just just all all the way forward from day one, I, I think is what we're seeing out of Donovan Mitchell. Like, hey, I, I'm not going to show up to training camp needing to work on things. I'm going to show up to training camp ready to play, you know, our first regular season game on day one of training camp, if that makes sense. So I just, I, yeah, if you're, if you're a Utah Jazz fan, like I, I don't know what more you could be looking for. And when you look around the league, you notice you're not seeing video of Kyrie playing. You're not seeing video of Durant or Jalen Brown or, or Jason Tatum or like any of the other guys that, that are even in, are, are at Don's level or above Don's level. And that's why I'm saying like, I, I, I think a lot of people want to kind of short Donovan Mitchell. They want to say, oh, well, you know, he's undersized and, and he can't ever get to where these guys are at. And I just disagree. I, I think Don just has to get better. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think we're seeing that process play out. So that's why I say if I'm a Utah Jazz fan, I'm not going to sit here and rip this guy. Like, yeah, could he have done some things differently maybe with the Rudy Gobert relationship? Yeah, sure, maybe. But at the end of the day, that's in the past. And now you're in a situation where you have, you know, sources like ESPN saying that they're going to be a 26-win team, which I completely disagree with. You think Donovan Mitchell doesn't see that noise? You think Donovan Mitchell doesn't know that this team is is just assumed to be a bad team this year because they traded Rudy and because it's kind of a new look? You think he doesn't know that? So that's why I say this guy's going to come out with a point to prove, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be, you know, lighting the league on fire for the first, you know, 30, 40 games of the year, the first half. Like, I could totally see that. Yeah, I think one of the things that is very clear is that Donovan Mitchell's a guy you want on your team. And I think one of the bigger questions is what happens to Donovan Mitchell if he, say, goes to the Knicks? Think about it in, the, in, this, in this light. If Donovan Mitchell leaves Salt Lake City – goes to New York, plays for the Knicks. Does he become a better player with the Knicks than he is with the Jazz? I think there's a real chance he does because I think he clearly has a younger, more exuberant you know, core around him with the New York Knicks than he does with the Utah Jazz. And, and I think you look at guys like Mitchell Robinson, you look at guys like Jalen Brunson, you look at um, you know all, all these, you, you know, Emmanuel Quickly, you look at all these guys, Quentin Grimes, they're all prototypical NBA players of what a, a player needs to be in 2023, 2024, 2025. Those guys all fit into what the NBA seems to be going to, which is fast-paced, three-point, run up and down the floor, play in transition. Like, that's fast, young 
agile players that can play across multiple positions. I think that makes Donovan Mitchell a better player. I mean, I look at what he's got here in Utah and I look at Mike Conley and I say to myself, hey, is this a guy, is Mike Conley making Donovan Mitchell a better player? I I don't know how you make that argument. I don't know how you make that argument because I don't think you can make that argument. Donovan Mitchell's not a better player with, with Mike Conley on the floor. Is Donovan Mitchell a better player because Mitchell Robinson's his center? I actually think he is a better player because Mitchell Robinson's his center. What does R.J. Barrett next to Donovan Mitchell look like? I think they're different players. I think they meld really well together. I think they're guys who fit into what teams ask them to do. I think there's a lot of reason if you're the New York Knicks to trade for Donovan Mitchell. But I will say this, if you trade Donovan Mitchell, I think you will regret it if you are the Utah Jazz. I think what you've seen from Donovan this offseason is a guy who hasn't said a whole lot. He is not. He's not a guy that's complained over his time here in Salt Lake City. I think the media here has been unbelievably negative um, towards Donovan Mitchell. For, for what reason, I have no idea what that agenda is about. But as far as I'm concerned, if you trade Donovan Mitchell, I think he goes on to the next lo- location, wherever that is, call it the Knicks, call it somewhere else, and he becomes an actual superstar. And, it, and it's one of those things that I think you have to be very weary of if you are a Utah Jazz fan because I think you're asking for trouble if you trade him. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I think that you know everyone always when we when the Don trade rumors come up, what do we always hear? Oh, well, Gordon Hayward left, and Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward. That's what we always hear about. And I'm telling you, this is totally different than the Gordon Hayward situation. Donovan Mitchell is already a better player than Gordon Hayward will ever be. Or oh, the all due respect to Gordon Hayward. See what I did there? I worked in with all due respect. Um, I just think that Donovan Mitchell has been better. I think that Donovan Mitchell has taken you further. Um, Now, granted, that's not as far as you wanted to go. But I think, yeah, you would absolutely regret trading Donovan Mitchell, even if you got all these picks and players. And, And this is the thing that I think is so fascinating. Everyone wants to say, well, you know, hey, let's trade this guy and let's get all these picks and players back. The issue I have with that concept is you know what you have in Donovan Mitchell and you know odds are of where he's going. Like, like I think we can all say comfortably, hey, this guy is going to be an all-star every single year for the next like five to seven seasons. I think we can comfortably say that. And you don't know what you're going to get out of the draft ultimately. Everyone said Zion was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. And what has he been? The best thing that's hit the injury report every single year that he's been in the league. Well, I, like, I, I, that's I think, my issue. But listen, I also think that I also think that if we're if we're talking about what does Donovan Mitchell bring to the table, I think injuries are part of that. I think a lack of defensive prowess has been part of that. Mm-hmm. I think at times effort on defense has been part of that. I don't think there's any problem questioning whether or not Donovan Mitchell's put in full effort on defense because I don't think he has. But I also think a lot of the system that this Jazz team played where they funnel everything into Rudy Gobert plays a, a big part in that that perceived effort of Donovan Mitchell defensively. So when we sit here and we look around and we we you know we take stock in what Donovan Mitchell is as a player, I also have to think you 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 got to remember who was around him and and what they were asking him to do. So all of that to say, yeah, I think it's a mistake to trade him. Let's get your thoughts in here as we talk Donovan Mitchell and should the Jazz trade him? This new video that's out of um, you know more off season workouts in this Miami uh, pro run. I mean, he just looks like a better basketball player to me. He looks, Donovan looks fresh. He looks like a guy that 
is in far better shape than we have seen him in. Yeah. And he's never been in bad shape or it's never conditioning's never been lacking. He's had consistent trouble with his legs. Whether that's the ankles, whether that's the quads, the thighs, what you know, whatever you want to say. Donovan Mitchell's had issues with his legs. Those issues seem to be gone now. Mm -hmm. And he has spent a lot of time with David Alexander. He has spent a lot of time playing basketball. And I can tell you, having covered him from his first day in this league, I don't ever remember Donovan Mitchell looking this good. Never. I, I, and he has looked good. Trust me. He has never looked this good. Yeah. And I think your best point is he looks rested. That's the thing. Like his legs just look fresh. And I, and that's the trouble. Like, you know, we've seen this with many different players. We saw it with Book. We've seen it with, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, everybody goes through it, this this period in their career where it's like their legs kind of have to catch up. And then, it, it, you know, and I think specifically for Donovan, you know, everything in the bubble and this whole process of not having a full offseason and then playing a condensed schedule, like, that catches up to you when, when you're a basketball player. It just does. And so... That's why you haven't seen guys like Kawhi Leonard as much. That's why you haven't seen Paul George as much. You haven't seen a lot of these nameplate players that you would typically see. So it, I, to me, it wouldn't be surprising if he rolled out really fresh and like ready to go coming off of an entire offseason, a full, regular, rested offseason. That, I think, is crucial for him. Well, and I also think one of the things that really stands out to me is this is the kind of work that guys like Rudy Gobert need to be doing. And this is that comparison that we were all making the last two years on, hey, this guy versus that guy. Rudy Gobert right now is playing in the FIBA uh, Euros. You know, you look at Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell spending his summer becoming a better NBA player. Yeah. And I wonder how much that is going to help Donovan Mitchell's growth and hurt Rudy Gobert's development as an offensive player. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Obviously, he's in Minnesota where he's not going to be asked to play a whole lot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Let's see. Uh, Prismag from Poland. From Poland. My kielbasa brother in. Yes. Says, hello, I'm first. Yes, you are. Congratulations. Uh, Neville 93 says, good morning, my guys. I believe that keeping Mitchell will get us a championship. And I ultimately, I think that's a question you have to ask yourself. If you do not trade Donovan Mitchell, do you win a championship? I, I would think that you have a good chance in the next three years of being at the top of the Western Conference and playing for an NBA Finals appearance. If you keep Donovan Mitchell, yeah, I think I do believe he's gonna he's gonna score thirty points a game this year. I I, I truly I don't see any reason he would not. He, the three ball is coming easy. That mid range game looks very very good. It looks like it did in his earlier days. Like the only question will be is will he play defense? Will he be asked to play defense? Will he play prideful defense? Those are the only questions I think you have to ask. Kurt Meyer says, good morning. Kanai Johnson says, top of the morning, fellas. Yeah. What's up? M. Alvarez, Rudy uh, Sanchez. Hullabilly says, morning, guys. I hope that Spida is on the Jazz roster this year. Only reason I'd trade him is if he has told management he doesn't want to be here. Well. But he hasn't. By all accounts, he is not. Uh, ben Cinco says, good morning. I'm present again today, but earlier than usual. Okay, Ben Cinco. Ben Cinco, good to see you. Good to see you. Michael Arias says, worst podcast. Okay. Okay, well, we're not a podcast, so that's yeah. cool. We're happy to be a crappy podcast. Sure. You know, that that's fine. Prismac from Poland says, uh, where are the trades? How long must we be waiting? It's so boring. Well, I mean, I think, I think September is going to be the month of trades in the NBA. I mean, I, I just, I consistently 
consistently here. They're just waiting. There's one more deal. There's like, I mean, I look at Mike Conley. I look at Boyan Bogdanovich. Mm -hmm. Boyan Bogdanovich could be a Laker or a Miami Heat today, right? I, I think the only team that I think has real interest in Mike Conley is the Dallas Mavericks. Other than that, I think there are teams who'd like to have him. Yeah. Nobody's given up a first round pick for Mike Conley. Danny Ainge has asked repeatedly, that's not going to happen. Yeah. They I mean, they are not getting first round. Uh, I'd be stunned. I don't know why you would give up a first round pick for him. That's what Danny Ainge has asked for. Especially I, after the season he had. I, I mean, just, just yeah, I don't yeah. see anybody doing that. I, I really don't see anybody doing that. Uh let's see. Connor Tooling. Good morning, Connor. Says the fact that that's what he does every year makes us think he wants to go there. The fact that he does what every year? I think when you look at are you talking about Zonovan Mitchell? Um, he's from New York, so he goes to New York every year because he's from New York. So his dad works for the Mets. Like Give me a little more on that. Uh, Prismax says, my starting five are Vanderbilt, Mitchell, and Beverly for now. I don't see anybody on center or shooting forward. Well, I mean, I think if the season started today, you could say that. Yeah. But again, I just don't think with the Jazz, you can make the argument that their roster is complete. I, I I, don't. I I think there's probably 10 rosters around the NBA that are complete. I think everybody else is up in the air. Yeah. I think there will be significant... I think there could be as many as a dozen deals done in September. Yeah. I mean, it it could it could legitimately reshape the NBA. And while those deals are probably not transformative, I mean, I I I, I mean, are we really heading for a holdout with Kevin Durant? Because <sighs> uh, that's to me, that's the that's a that's a huge question. Yeah. Are we really heading for a holdout with Kevin Durant? I, like that seems crazy. But that's what to me. happens with these guys. I mean, that's what that's what this type of behavior leads to because you're not, you know, in a sense, you're not acting in 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 good faith. Meaning that you you signed a deal, you said you'd be there, and then you uh, respectfully you think you're above it. You think that you're Kevin Durant and you can just do whatever the hell you want. And so eventually, enough of these type of situations pan out with James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and like, you know, enough of these happen and owners get tired of it. Owners are tired of, of signing guaranteed money to guys just to have them leave and not, and put them in a position where they're not going to be successful from an organizational standpoint. I also think this thing with Kevin Durant over the weekend, battling another fan on Twitter about his legacy. I, I don't understand this. Yeah. I don't know why he feels the need to do that. I don't know why Kevin Durant feels like he has to battle or argue over what his legacy is. Like, that's shocking to me Mm -hmm. that he is doing that. And I just think that Kevin Durant really cares what people think. And if I could reach Kevin Durant, I just would say to him, dude, at some point you've got to stop caring what people think about you because it just doesn't matter and that's the one of the bigger issues with this Kevin Durant holdout situation is if you hold out on the Nets, man, I just think there's there's no way to argue that this is damaging you. Financially, it's damaging you. Reputation-wise, it's damaging you. Right. Respect-wise, Kevin, it's damaging you. Like this argument that Kevin Durant had over the weekend saying that his, his legacy's never been stronger, I think that's just what you're saying. You You can't possibly believe Kevin, that that's the truth. Yeah. I I can't believe that. I just can't see a place 
where Kevin Durant looks in the mirror and thinks that his legacy is as strong as it's ever been. I, I don't see how that's possible. Like, what are you doing or what are you seeing or what are you hearing where you think your legacy has never been stronger? You should have four rings right now, man. And you don't. Yeah. And you're a guy, Kevin, it, with all due respect, again, as we talked about drink, with all due respect, <laughs> you haven't won as much as you should be winning. The, the, the idea that you could pass Kobe, that feels like it's gone now. Yeah. The idea that you can be five, six, seven rings deep is gone now. That's Steph Curry. That's not Kevin Durant. Yeah. And for me, I think this idea that you would hold out on the nets, it's a huge mistake. If that is truly what's going to happen, I will have lost a lot of respect for Kevin Durant. You committed, Kevin, to Brooklyn. It is you that they chose to build around. And now it is you that is choosing to screw the Nets. That's your fault. And I understand that the Nets have not handled things well. I understand that you don't like Steve Nash. I understand that you don't like Sean Marks. You chose to be there. You knew the rules when you played the game. Mm -hmm. And now you don't like the rules, so now you want to quit. Well, it doesn't work that way, my man. They built an entire franchise around you, and you're you're telling them that that doesn't matter. You're telling them, hey, I, I don't have a problem with Kevin Durant saying he doesn't want to be there anymore. I don't have a problem with that. Fine. You want to go talk to the owner and get traded? I don't have a problem with that. Yes, needs to be in camp. Mm -hmm. I have a problem when you don't show up. That makes you Kyrie Irving. That's who you are. That's what your reputation is becoming. Fast. Because, frankly, you haven't been healthy enough. You haven't played enough games. You haven't won enough games. And I understand that it is, it is the, the width of your toenail that kept you from winning a championship, probably. But you didn't win a championship, man. And... That's the issue that I have. So when we talk about Kevin Durant's legacy mm -hmm. and has the 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 trade demand damaged Katie's legacy, I don't see how it hasn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why I say, like, you know, with everything you laid out, then where my head goes is like, all right, so if I'm Donovan Mitchell and I'm looking at this situation, I'm whoa. Hello. My bad. Hello. You know, we've restarted the show before. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> no, I. You know, my mind just takes me to Donovan Mitchell, man. Like, hey, you're 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 in a situation where all summer long you've been surrounded by. Oh, is he going to get traded to the Knicks? The Knicks? The Knicks? I. You know, he's in New York. He's in Miami. That's what the commenter said makes us think that he wants to be traded. Like, it's so ridiculous to me. the The guy is from New York. He's in Miami every off season. Like every single off season, we've seen this. This is not new, and yet. What do we have? Oh, well, he wants to move. He wants to be traded. He must have asked for a trade. He's the reason that Rudy got traded. When none of that is true. Rudy Gobert got traded because he signed a contract that he wasn't worth, right? Rudy Gobert's not worth $41 million a year. That's got nothing to do with Donovan Mitchell. That's just the truth. What has to do with Donovan Mitchell is they didn't win. That's what has to do with Donovan Mitchell. And I think that Donovan Mitchell takes that thing personally. I think Donovan Mitchell knows that if he can take the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals, he it will completely change the trajectory of how people view him and the trajectory of his career and like how people respect him. 
but he's got to do that first. And that's why I say we should not just assume that guys ask for trades all the time. You shouldn't put Donovan Mitchell in the same bucket as anybody else until he asks for a trade publicly, until he demands that trade publicly to a point where he's going to sit out and do what you know guys like Ben Simmons or Kyrie or any of these guys have done. And that's what I'm saying. Don't just don't take him for granted. That's that's what I would say. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that I would say before we get to your comments on Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is still the best player in the world. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's nothing that's going to change my mind on that. I think that he is better than LeBron James. I'd rather have Kevin Le, uh, Kevin Durant than LeBron James. I'd rather build a franchise around Kevin Durant than LeBron James. Like, I think. Katie's better than Luca. I think he's better than, I mean, pick your poison. There's not a player in the NBA I'm taking over Kevin Durant. Having said that, if he holds out, I will completely change my opinion on that. I think if Kevin Durant holds out, he's dead to me. Like, I have zero respect for that. <clears throat> you signed a contract. You were happy to sign that contract and get paid. Show up. Show up. Is it hard to show up for you? I'm sure it is. Do hard better. Like, do hard better. Right? I mean, it, it, I understand. Are you happy being there? No, but you're a professional. Professionals show up and get paid to play basketball. So show up and get paid to play basketball. That's every day. You have to do that. And Kevin Durant, again, I, and not to rail on this, you made an agreement. You signed a contract. Show up and play the game. Show up and play the game. Lying about your commitment when you sign that contract, if you don't, if you don't show up to camp, you lied. If you don't show up to camp, we can't believe your word. If you don't show up to camp, you're nothing but a ring-chasing fool with no legacy at all. That's the bottom line on Kevin Durant. Yeah. If he doesn't show up for camp, I have lost all respect for him. Not that Kevin Durant cares if I respect him or not. Because I, no, I, 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 I guarantee you I, he yeah, don't. I, I, but I think it's a conversation. Like, I'm sure we're going to read these comments right now. Like, I'm sure... I wouldn't be surprised if we had people saying, yeah, man, this guy is just a ring chaser who 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 never really won on his own. Because that's the thing. That's the real crux of it for KD. He's never really won in his situation. You had to go to Steph's situation to win. That's the problem that he faces right now. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Steve Peterson says, hi, everybody. Steve, with all due respect, you've missed a lot of with all due respects already. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's go. Come on, bro. Let's go. Um, Tamel Lucas says delusional. Spider hates Utah. He wants out. Based so, on what? Okay, what exact? Okay, so Tamel, I'm going to give you an opportunity to to back that up because it's baseless. You have there's nothing that that he has never said that he's never acted that way. He his agents never said that. His family's never said that. The Jazz have never said he said that. Like that is all conjecture and speculation. Tamel, you want to come in and make ridiculous statements? Back it up. We're, we're, there is there is nothing that you can say to back that up. Nothing. Uh, Joe Kerr says the Jazz didn't get anything on the level of Darren Williams when they traded him. Just a washed all-star in three players. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, But, but been. I think his point there is that that's the issue with trading Don. Is that is that you're you're trading away this talent that's clearly developing, clearly getting better for draft picks and some players. Well, that's why you get a haul of draft picks. That's why you don't make this trade without Quentin Grimes. Yeah. If it's the Nick deal we're talking about. Uh, Mike Maples, good morning to you. He says, Durant's not just saying that to the Nets. He's saying it to every potential trade partner lowering his value. 
Don is showing his high price tag by being an adult and focusing on himself. Yeah, that's true. Facts. Yeah, I, like I would that agree with that. I, like I would that absolutely agree with that. Um, let's see. Giannis, uh, Sean Cardin says Giannis is the best player in the league. Well, see, the problem is I think Giannis, I think Giannis is a difficult guy to defend. There's no doubt about that. He's shown the ability. I still don't think he shoots the three as well as, as he will, or probably is capable of the thing that transformed his game is the mid range game. He now has a fadeaway jumper. He has a baseline jumper. He's got a free throw line jumper. Like now you can't just expect him to bull rush. Kevin Durant is the unstoppable player in the NBA. He yeah. can go by you. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid range. He can, has he, he can handle, he can dunk on you. He is a pretty good defender when he's applying it. Like I think Kevin Durant has the best arsenal in the NBA. It's easy for him from any distance. Yeah. From any the problem with Giannis is, and the reason that Kevin's a better scorer than Giannis, is that Giannis has to effort three pointers. Kevin Durant's go to is the three pointer. I mean, it's easy for him. So that's why I would say that. Uh, let's see. Spurs five-time champion says Giannis is better LMAO. Well, how is he better? He's not a better, in my opinion, he's certainly not a better shooter than Kevin Durant. He's not a better finisher than Kevin Durant. I mean, everybody in this league can dunk. So is it really spectacular that he can dunk? If we were judging people by dunking ability, Rudy Gobert would win the MVP every year. Yeah. But we're not. Like, you have to be an all-around player. And I think that there's no doubt Giannis has improved dramatically. I mean, his mid-range, that turnaround jumper on the low block is Savage. unstoppable. So he has absolutely grown. But if the game's on the line, who do you want to have the ball in their hand? Kevin Durant or Giannis? Yeah. I'm taking uh, Kevin yeah. Durant every single time. <laughs> I don't even think it's a conversation. Facts. I mean, if, especially if we're in a situation where you're under, you're in the clutch, and you're you're at a dwindling clock. I'm taking Kevin Durant. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, Tamel Lucas says ballers don't like Utah. And players view Ainge as a snake. They don't view Ainge as a snake. See, the, yeah, no former yeah. player has said Danny Ainge is a snake. Yeah, like see, like these are all fake, made up narratives. Like these ballers don't like Utah. Well, okay, let's assume that's true. It's not up to them. It's not up to them. Yeah. You you mark my words. The collective bargaining agreement is absolutely going to change the face of player movement in the NBA. The process the process for player movement in the NBA is going to completely be overhauled in the next CBA. And by the way, by the way, it's been said to me more than once by NBA front office people, we're going to have a lockout. Yeah. We are going to have a work stoppage in the NBA because they are not going to continue to let guys like Kevin Durant dictate movement in this league because he is holding the Nets hostage and there's nothing the Nets can do about it. Yeah, and the problem nothing. is is the league just sits still. That's the issue is now that Kevin's doing this, we've been sitting still. We had a comment earlier that said, where are all the trades? When is something going to happen? That's what the league doesn't want to be the case. And I just think it's... It, look, I, I, it needs to be said because I know we get a lot of new listeners. I've been a KD guy since he played at Texas. I say it all the time. Loved his game. You know, as soon as I saw him, first time I ever saw him, he was on ESPN playing Oklahoma. That was the first time I ever saw him. And since then, I've been following him. And this is the first time, really, the last like six, eight weeks where I can say, yeah, man, 
Like, this is a frustrating time to be a Kevin Durant uh, admirer or follower because he just is not doing what I would expect him to do, which is, hey, stick it out. Because that's really, what when I think about this, what kind of comes to mind. All the players that stuck out their situations, all the players that played through the BS, like as an example, LeBron with the Lakers. What happens if LeBron James goes out and wins a championship this year? What then will be said about last year, and what then will be said about LeBron's legacy at this point if he wins a championship this coming season? Now, the odds of that, I know, are low. Probably not going to happen, right? I can get down with that. Totally agree. But what if he did? That completely changes everything, and that's why I would say to Kevin Durant. That's why I would say to Donovan Mitchell, get better, keep improving, stick it out, stay the course, because then, as you said, when you do hard better, people are going to give you more credit, and that's what yeah. I think needs to, needs to happen. Uh, J.P. Shanahan, you're, you're starting to weird me out with this. Yeah. Welcome to the Monty Show where Jake is my son. Like, that's weird, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, you're starting to get weird with it. Like, and JP, I love you being here, man, but it's 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 a little weird at this point that you you are so fixated on our relationship that everything you comment <laughs> is about that. That is that is super weird to me. Uh, Robert Lambert says, Don looks very good. Mm -hmm. Sean Carden, again, says Giannis is the best player in the league. And maybe this is the bait. Caleb says Giannis has to be a close second. I think he is. I actually think it's it's Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and a host of other guys. I don't the issue becomes in this league, can you give Giannis Antetokounmpo the game the ball with the game on the line? Is he the best option on his team when the game is on the line? Um Chris Middleton's mm. a better option. Mm. I would Chris Middleton is a pure shooter. And you're not getting to the rim. With the game on the line. You're you're not. Teams are not going to allow that to happen. And by the way, I mean, I, I can pull his numbers up. Like he is, he is to me a guy that has a hiccup at the free throw line as well. And I'm not entirely confident. He's a 72% free throw shooter last year. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely confident in his free throw shooting. So I look at, it's very much like quarterbacks. And I always say about quarterbacks, and this is why I wouldn't pay Lamar Jackson, who we're going to talk about in a bit. At some point, the quarterback's got to stand in the pocket and deliver a pass to win a game. Right? So can Lamar Jackson do that? Not confidently. If I've got to give Giannis the ball, let's say seven seconds, mm. full court seven seconds, is he your best option if I've got Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Giannis to pick from those three, let's just say? I, I'm not even considering Giannis. I'm considering Devin Booker before Giannis with the game on the line. I'm considering, like, I'm considering Chris Paul. I'm considering the best mid-range players. I'm considering Luka Doncic before I am considering Giannis. Yeah, I think the tough part, and I, and I don't disagree. Like, game on the line, you need a mid-range assassin. There's no doubt about yes. that. But at the same time, I, I think the tough part is is that Giannis is capable, like, literally is capable of giving you 35 and 10 in a postseason game and looking really dominant doing it. And, and, and you just said two minutes ago that Giannis is really difficult to defend. He is difficult to defend. He and, is. And this is where Absolutely. I think this conversation just comes down to opinions and preferences. What, person A will tell you, hey, look at the stats. The stats are better. You know, stat sheet guy. 
Person B will tell you, hey, he's more dominant. He's won a championship on his own. Well, not on his own, but like in Milwaukee with his first team. Like he's not a team hopper guy, you know, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But I have to say with the game on the line, yeah, I want the I want I want more Kobe-esque player than Shaq-esque player, which is what I feel like Giannis is. Giannis is a power, you know, play football in the paint guy before he's a, hey, I'm just going to finesse you and shoot over you guy. And that's the difference. So, I it's just I think it's an impossible conversation to have because Giannis is not the best player for a clutch situation, but Giannis is one of the best players in a postseason game. There's no denying that. So, that's why I say it, it depends on what you prefer. For me, yeah, if it's LeBron, KD, and Giannis, I'm taking Kevin Durant. It's not even a conversation. I think he's shown us time and again that he is clutch just this past year. Still all the way around, I'm taking KD over over Giannis. It's, so you're just saying all around, not even in clutch. In the clutch, all around player. Like The only thing that you can really say that Giannis is better than Kevin Durant in is defense. It's unquestionable. It, yeah. I mean... I can make the argument Giannis is the best defensive player in the world. Yeah. I'm still not taking him as the best all-around player in the NBA because this is a scorer's league. The best yeah. offense is always going to beat the best defense because <clears throat> I'm telling you now, if you have Giannis and KD head-to-head one-on-one, Kevin Durant's going to find a way to get the ball to the rim. Uh, I mean, it's that simple. Whether that's a jumper, is that a fadeaway, is that a drive, is that a hezzy, is that a handle... And by the way, the league doesn't work like that. They're going to screen and roll and pick and pop Giannis out of that defensive set. Like the switches in this league. That's why I say, like, understand what the league is. That's why I make the argument that I make. Uh, Let's see. A lot of people commenting. Um, Deborah, let's see. Deborah Pavalo. What's up, Deb? Scale of one to 10. What's the chance Donovan Mitchell playing for the Jazz once? Why do people care about Donovan in free agency? He's got three full seasons left. Another narrative not created by Donovan Mitchell. Who cares? Mitchell. <laughs> who cares? With yeah. all due respect, Deborah. Hey. Who cares? With all due respect. You know. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, that. that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, it's one of the dumbest questions I've ever heard asked in the media ever. Wow. Yeah. In 17 years... Um, Donovan's going to take a dump. We better go buy toilet paper now. <laughs> like what? Who cares what yeah, happens? Do you understand that in dog years, like <laughs> three years is a decade. Dude, three years in NBA time is a really, really man. long time, man. Like uh, a long time. I I have no idea. I have n- this roster, this team, this organization is going to be completely different in three years. Like I. <sighs> Woosah. Neville 93. I think we should go for Kevin Durant and bring him to Utah. Well, I've been saying that for a week. Yeah, well, and I think that you was know. that's one of the things that, that was really interesting. We had, we actually had last week, and, and again, beauty of YouTube, you can go back and listen to it, but we had a heated debate over whether it was worth it or not for the Utah Jazz to go after KD. My my The only thing that really brings me hesitation is this situation he finds himself in in Brooklyn. I do not want the Utah Jazz to be in that situation. I, I don't think it's worth their time. I don't think that it's worth the risk, to be honest with you. But if you if Danny Ainge, as an example, can find a way to, to you know, get Kevin Durant a situation where he knows he's going to play three full seasons for the Jazz, then, yeah, it's probably worth your time. Then you're, then you're probably making an NBA Finals appearance. Like, it is worth it. But 
This this garbage about like two seasons and hey, I want out. That's not going to fly anymore, especially for teams like the Jazz. Yep. Uh, Sean Carden says Giannis is a, can score it well and is a way better player. M. Alvarez says, I said it before, uh, if we talk like DM is leaving when his contract is up, he's most likely leaving. We as fans need to show up and keep showing him love so he'll stay. I don't think fans with... How do I say this gently? <laughs> fans don't matter. Donovan Mitchell's not going to make a financial decision based on a fan base. Yeah. He's not. You don't matter. Yeah. I, I would encourage you to show up no matter what. I'm a big believer that that the best fan base they show up when the team sucks. I mean, Wrigley Field is full every day because Cub fans are passionate about baseball. Show up. It's a you know, show up. That's what I would tell you. Yeah. Holabilly, spot on, guys. If you commit to something, you gotta go in, uh, go all in on your commitment. If not for yourself, for the people who are relying on you, the team, your family, people need accountability. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, I just, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Tamel says, uh, the fact that he hasn't publicly backed Utah says it all. Okay. So Donovan Mitchell's done a bunch of interviews, right? And he hasn't backed Utah in any of those interviews. He hasn't done a single interview. He hasn't said a single word. And we on our own have asked for him probably 20 times this summer. And he's not said a single word. So where is it that he's said, I don't want to be in Utah? Where is it that anything he's done is different this year than last year? Because, frankly, this year he he has worked harder than he did last year. Yeah. This year he has added to his bag. This year he has strengthened his legs. The, like, there's nothing that Donovan Mitchell has done to indicate he doesn't want to play for the Jazz. He has not done a single interview. Not one interview yeah, and I think what people are doing is they're just assuming because he plays for the Utah Jazz that that means that he doesn't want to be in Utah which is that's just not I, I don't think it's right to do that you can't assume one way or the other if we're being completely real about it yeah I don't know big dog O-Town gives us a $10 tip good morning big dog good to see you um shout the Mobamba thank you uh what relationship does the commenter have with the gangsta D that he knows players hate him he is projecting his own hate on Danny, deflecting it on players. Come on, man. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah. I, I would. I completely agree with that. I think that people like that one commenter just in general. Like, I think you know, like two weeks ago, we had probably five, maybe six hundred Knicks fans consistently watching the channel, and what we got a lot of like, hey, like Don wants to leave. It's Utah. Of course, he doesn't want to play there. Like, that's a narrative we see all the time, and I just don't think it's true. I think. NBA players, while they care where they play, what they ultimately care about is having a sense of control over their situation. That's what I think players care about. I think the money is almost irrelevant. Now with the way that contracts are structured, yeah. hey, if you do this on the floor, you are you have access to more money. Hey, if you do this on the floor, you have access to more freedom. Yeah, The money handles itself. Guys want to win. That's what they want. And that's why I say... You, when the Miller family sold this club and you have Ryan Smith, a tech billionaire, buying it and you have Danny Ainge being hired by the tech billionaire to run it, you know that they're serious about winning a championship. If if Donovan Mitchell in the next three years wins a championship or plays in the NBA Finals or you know is on an elite team that is pushing for an NBA Finals appearance, all this money stuff and free agency stuff handles itself. Mm-hmm. It does. My guess is Donovan Mitchell just wants to win. You know why I guess that? 
because that's what he said. I want to win. That's what his actions have told me. I want to win. He is working on his game. He is working on his body. He's spending millions of dollars on his body right now. Millions of dollars. Because if you go back several years, right before LeBron went to, to Cleveland to win that championship, what did he start doing? He started investing heavily in his body because he injured his back. And so he said, I'm spending millions of dollars on my, on my body with David Alexander. Who does Donovan Mitchell pay for his body work? David Alexander. He's got the best body guy in the world. And that guy's in Miami and he goes to Miami. And he was like, oh, he wants to play in Miami. He's going to Miami. Well, his body guy's in Miami. Well, he wants to play for New York. He's in New York. Well, he's from New York. Like, you have no idea because the guy hasn't said two words. Yeah. And he's not going to until training camp would be my guess. That's my guess. Alex Chacon says, if we keep Don build around him and start winning, there's absolutely no reason he doesn't re-sign with us when he becomes a free agent. Yeah. Who cares? I'm just going to keep saying that. Every time, this is why I hate the media in Salt Lake City. Because now it's, well, he doesn't want to be here, he's going to walk in three years. Who cares? Honest to God, do you really care what happens after three more seasons? Three full seasons have to go by before he can walk away. Do you care what happens after three full seasons right now here today? I don't care. Generations will change. History will be written. Legacies will be made. Legacies will be washed within the next three years. Ask me in three years. Yeah. Uh, like our, our uh, the media in, in Salt Lake City is so bad. It's so bad. Zero accountability, zero like this makeup stuff so that we can have something to talk about thing. Uh, why? And then you as a consumer, you buy into it. Why are you reading the Salt Lake Tribune? Why? Why are you doing that? You're wasting, you're throwing your money down the drain. Subscribe, stop subscribing to the Tribune, subscribe to the Athletic. It's that simple. Yeah. As a sports fan, why would you read the Salt Lake Tribune? There is zero reason to read it. I'm telling you, read the Deseret News, read the Athletic. I, there's nothing of value, nothing of value in the Salt Lake Tribune. Zero. Nada. This whole hey in three years thing is so incredibly uneducated, short-sighted, and stupid. Are we clear on that? And yet fans have, have the, the hook has been sunk and you're all in on it head first. I don't get it. I truly just don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, down, up, down. No, I am not doing burpees. Says Giannis plays basketball like it's football. Just runs through everybody with his shoulders out and his head down. A lot of his game used to be that. Yeah. But that's another guy putting in work on his shot. Like I, my, I mean, my guess is that Giannis is going to come back a better, more capable shooter than he was last season because he's a workaholic. Yeah. We've seen tape on him working. Yeah. He's a workaholic, man. Yeah, the there's guy two, is. There's two types of NBA players, right? You've got the guy who, who, oh, it's like the classic Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell comparison, I guess, you know, where Don's working his ass off in the summer and Rudy's playing Euros. It's yep. just very clear. James Knight, good morning to you or evening to you in Australia. Says, how did Luka Doncic in the clutch taste come out of your mouth, Monty? What do you mean? What, what does that mean? I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. Uh, Spurs five times champion said, what did KD average in the first round this year? Who cares? What has that got to do with anything? 
He was a man on his own. What is what has that got to do with anything? Uh, Tatum outplayed KD in the playoffs. KD got some health issues. I, I think Boston was by far the best team in the East this year. Defensively, they were the best team in the NBA. Kevin Durant was literally standing there on his own. You realize Kevin Durant was playing. I mean, there there were times in the in the Milwaukee series where he was playing like fifty five minutes in one game. You realize that, right? Like the guy wasn't sitting down, wasn't getting rest. Like he was like running himself through the ringer. So so I say, like I just think it's not even a a, a a conversation. Like Kevin Durant was on his own last year, and that's just how it was. Yeah. Did he get it? Did the did the Celtics give him a lot of trouble? Absolutely. This is what I say about Don. It's the same thing. Don didn't have any help, so so he had trouble with the defense because they were doubling him constantly. What do you think Kevin dealt with? Doubles and triples all the time. That's why it was a struggle. And he averaged twenty six points a game doing it. Like, are, are we really are we really criticizing Kevin Durant because I, it, what Brooklyn got swept? I think by Boston. Are we? Re- is that really Kevin Durant's fault? Is that really when he's playing 45 minutes a night? 45 minutes, bro. Like, in a playoff series against Boston, the best defensive team. We're going to come into the comments and criticize Kevin Durant for that. Oh, yeah, what a scrub. 26 points a game in 45 minutes playing by himself. What a joke. Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> I just, what, are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, let's see. Top Chunky says, you guys better watch video of Giannis that was posted last week showing him, showing the time he's putting in on his three-point shooting. Well, he's got to... Dude, we ben just said Simmons, he was working out, dude. Yeah, and Ben Simmons puts up videos of himself shooting threes. Like, you know. Again, it's it's what you do in, in the clutch. Like, when you need to make that game winner or when your team really needs you, what do you do? Now, again, I want to keep saying it because it needs to be said. I have no problem saying Giannis is capable of giving you 35 and 10, like four or five postseason games in a row. I have no problem saying that. But when we talk about who do I want when the game's on the line, who do I want when, when I'm in a game seven and I, and I need that, that 40 and 40, you know, 40 points, 10 boards, you know, 10, 10 dimes. Like I still probably would go KD. The guy, dude, the guy gave the Celtics, a lot of trouble. They had to give. They had to push three guys to him to stop him. Do we realize that? Like three full defensive players to stop him, and we're going to sit here and say that that somehow Giannis is is better. Yes, Giannis is elite. Giannis is fantastic. Like top, like no doubt about it. Top three. I don't think. I think it's disrespectful to say he's top five. He is top three in the league right now. What I think is more of a crying shame is Steph Curry consistently gets left out of the top three conversation, yet he's never left his team. He's won championships, and, and he, he won before, during, and he after Kevin. one of the best like, NBA Finals performances it's crazy. ever in Game 4. Come on, man. Like He did more against that Boston team than Kevin did, and we're not talking about Steph. So that's why I say... This is a matter of opinion, whether we're talking about Don yeah. or any of these other guys. Well, and that's that's one of the greatest parts of sports is that we yeah. all can, you yeah. know, we can is is you know, jazz fans crack me every day for having this Jordan poster on the wall. Was it a push off or not? I don't think it was. Was there a whistle? You know, like no, I, there I wasn't. Just, the the difference of opinion. The problem with difference of opinion is when it goes too far. Yeah, and that it, you know, it's like, come on. Uh, Ro Wiz says, who gets talked about, whose game gets watched, who y'all love to demote but gets you clicks? He's the best racist. What are you talking about? Man, it's Monday. 
Like what, what? What are you even talking about? Put down the ayahuasca. The weekend's over. Like uh, can I Johnson? As we sit here and talk about uh, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant talking all things NBA here on the Monty Show. Can I Johnson says all I know is that Jazz got done for three years, maybe four, until we hit that wall. Let's focus on the now rather than the later. That's what Amen I'm saying, to that. Dude, like you've got a guy yes. who's an All Star and and is going to push to be a definitive top ten player. Like. Like I think you would say that Don's a top ten player right now, right? Is that is that accurate? You think he's top ten right now? I mean, I think um, it's close, right? Like for me, man. it's close. I think some people would tell you he's top fifteen, other people would tell you he's top ten. All I'm saying, I think is, he's top ten. I would say he's top ten. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is top ten. I think this year he's going to be top five. I think he's going to score thirty points a game. Yeah. Uh, right now, today, yeah, I would say he's top ten. Booker, yeah, we're worried but, about three years from now. Yeah. Like, come on. And come I on. think he's on that Booker trajectory. Yeah. Where you had to face a lot of adversity. Well, Don's in that window where he's facing that adversity now. And now it's time to to put up or shut up. And I think you can see very clearly his body looks really good. Yeah. It, it, looks, it looks really, really good. So I would be excited about that. Mr. E, good morning to you. Uh, says if Ainge brings KD to Utah, he's already the executive of the year before the season starts. This conversation is based on what we talked about last week. Yeah. Should Danny Ainge call Brooklyn and say, what's it going to take? And I would say absolutely, yes, he should. I would trade all those draft picks. I would trade Youngs to have Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell on the same roster. You're going to compete for the top of the Western Conference. And the West is really good. I think you could be a top five team. The thing that nobody wants to talk about is this roster is really offensively gifted. Yeah. They're not going to be able to stop anybody. But this team's going to score 110, 115 points a night. No doubt about that. I mean, when you look at what they have and depending on what they get for Bogdanovich, depending on what they get for Patrick Beverly, because I do believe, I, and again, I could just go based on what I've been told, which is repeatedly by Jazz sources that they have – they have a deal in place for Pat Bev, and they have multiple teams, Miami and the Lakers mainly, that would be happy to acquire Boyan Bogdanovich today. Um, I think they, the one guy that they don't have a deal for right now is Mike Conley because Danny wants a first-round pick for Conley, which I don't think he's going to get. I think Dallas would happily give him a second-round pick and a player for Mike Conley, which I think you should do. The problem is you're going to have to make that money work. I mean, Mike's making a pretty good chunk of change. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure out how to what's on that roster that you want. But I think that there's no doubt in my mind that this roster is going to score points. It's a yeah. matter of what trades will Danny make to improve the defense of this team. And again, who are you married to at the bottom of this roster? I'm not an Azubuki guy. I would love I would love to see Jared Butler get a whole, whole Hundo P chance to show he belongs here. Mm-hmm. Show me, I would love to see Will Hardy have the the kahanas mm -hmm. to be like, all right, you're going to start every preseason game and you're going to start every game from right now going forward until you show me you don't belong here. Mm -hmm. I would love to have him sit Butler down and say, do you want to be a star in this league or not? Because I got to be honest with you, he showed up to camp and the Jazz were wondering what kind of shape Jared Butler was in. Which is a huge problem for Jared Butler. Because <laughs> he was not in great shape. And by the way, that's another guy we've asked for to come on the show. And his agent has is, is not been very willing to put him on the show. You know. We're going to continue to ask for that. Mm -hmm. 
So, but I, I think that's a really interesting point. Not not to cut you off, but like, how many of these guys are we going to ask for? And and again, hey, we're you know again, we're a YouTube show, totally get it. No, we're the hacks on we're the, YouTube. Oh my my bad, my bad. With all due respect, right? We're the hacks on YouTube. But my point just is is we're not the only ones they're saying no to. Like, if you just take kind of stock of like. You know, the guys that are around and not around, there's not very many guys around right now. And that's what's really interesting to me when we talk about, like, the Utah Jazz and the media and, like, the dynamic and how it all plays together. You're, it's not like they're going on every other show in the city and they're just saying no to us, which I even, hey, look, okay, I get it. But they're they're not going anywhere. They're not doing any availability. And that's my biggest problem. Like, again, if I was Jared Butler, I'd be working my ass off to say, like, yeah, hey, I made a mistake or, like, I... I just wasn't quite where, you know, with my game the way I wanted to be. But now now I have an opportunity and I have something to prove. Yep. This hour of the show presented by Dever Davis and Academy Mortgage. Hey, uh, you know, today is National Financial Planning Awareness. Are you broke month? Is yeah. that what today is? Yeah. National um, Financial Awareness Day in our country. Real estate plays a huge part in that. And one of the things I always say about our guy Dever Davis is, if you want to buy a house, Devery Davis has a plan for Devery you. Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. All right, first-time homebuyers, listen up. This one's for you. There's a huge misconception on how much it takes to buy a house. Is it 20%? Is it 10%? Is it 15%? The answer will surprise you. There's four mortgages in the United States. Two of them require no down payment. Two require very minimal down payment. Out of that down payment, um, there's lots of places to get it from. There's state funds, county funds, city funds, lots of ways to buy a house, no money down. When I was 18, I got out of high school. I actually bought a brand new house, no money down, never regretted it if you have questions give me a shout glad to walk you through it have a great one there you go Devery davis at academy mortgage 801-543-9666 and you know i i've i've heard from quite a few listeners who have called Devery. it's just a good experience like mm -hmm. Devery davis is a good dude and he's a guy that i i tell you every day on this show he makes your dreams come true and i know a lot of people that want to buy a house that are saying to themselves i can't afford it yes you can Yes, you can. And granted, you're not going to buy a house with 500 credit. If you're in a position today where you're like, man, I've, I, you know, I wonder if my, if I apply for a loan, if I could get approved, call Devery and ask him, he'll tell you, Hey, I don't have any money for a down payment. I can't buy a house Call Devery Davis. He'll give you a down payment program, right? Like when you're a first time buyer, if you're a millennial, if you're wondering, if you're asking yourself these questions, can I, if I, would I, might I? Call Devery Davis, 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278-545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. Talking about the risk of the Utah Jazz keeping Donovan Mitchell. And how much of a risk is that? Hey. Bless you, sir. Hey, now, I've been fighting that for Let's a good go. five minutes. Um, thank you. Yes. I, I don't think there's a lot of risk in keeping him. I really don't. Obviously, the risk is, well, if you keep him, what's going to happen to the club? Well, if you keep him, I think you're a playoff team. Oh, yeah. What do you mean what's going to happen to the club? Like, my question with this was, is there any risk at all? Like, legit. And, and, and I'm not trying to be naive. Is there any risk in keeping Donovan Mitchell? Okay. If you go through it, some people might say, well, yeah, I mean, the risk is that he's, you know, you're, you're going to keep the guy on the team for the remainder of this contract and he's going to walk in free agency. Okay, yep. well, as we've gone over on the show, 
this morning. I'm not really concerned with what's going to happen in three years when the contract's up yet. That's that's three. That's oh, what is that? Three and a half full years. Like I'm talking calendar years from today. That's really far away. So if you cross that one off, put that on the back burner. The only other risk I could potentially see is that you keep him and you invest in him and he's just not quite good enough to get you to the promised land, which would be the NBA Finals. If you get to the NBA Finals and lose, I still think you can say, hey, it was worth it. We made the right decision. We just came up short. This is like what happened in Phoenix, right? Hey, we got to the NBA Finals. We lost this past season. We got embarrassed out of the playoffs by Luka. Like, Hey, that's what happens. So that's why yeah. I say I'm not too sure there actually is any risk in keeping Donovan Mitchell. I don't think there is either. And I just listen to or read all these comments. And, you know, I, I think one of the biggest situations for me anyway is that you, you've got to make a decision on direction. And I think this situation with the Knicks is a perfect example of it. I, I think it's one of those deals where, I think the Knicks just don't want to meet the asking price. Mm -hmm. And I, frankly, I don't have a problem with that. If I'm a Knicks fan, I'm thrilled with the way this has gone down. Do you want Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy is a wonderfully talented basketball player. I'm not giving up six first-round picks to get him. Come I'm on, not. If I'm the Knicks, If I'm the Knicks, I'm calling on Kevin Durant because I actually think this is one of the few situations where you're going to have a player traded across the hall or across the country. I don't think the Nets care where it comes from. I think Joe Sy doesn't care where he sends Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. If he had his druthers, I think he'd send him out west. I think he'd send him to Houston. I think he'd send him to Orlando even. Two of the worst teams in the NBA. Do him no favors. Pack your shit. It's, Let's go. It, yeah, I think that's the way that, that they view Kevin Durant at this point. Now, I could be wrong about that. But I, I even if they do, that. I don't blame them. I mean, how no, can you I don't blame. blame I don't blame Joe Sy at all. Yeah. The, but the, this conversation with Kevin Durant, and the thing that I find so interesting is this idea that Kevin Durant now could hold out. Mm -hmm. I, I would just lose so much respect for him. I have, I can't believe that Kevin Durant's going to hold out. Never. He's never I, been that guy, right? He's never been holdout guy. Can't believe it. He's never been holdout guy. To his credit, but. This is the first time he's really been in this situation. This is the first time we've seen Kevin in a Man. in a big time I don't want to be here type contract dispute and and I don't know like I think one of my biggest issues is is the reason for it. That's what I think is troubling people. You're Kevin is saying the reason he doesn't want to be there is because of Steve Nash and that front office. Like it's just a weird thing. Why, why do you have an issue with those guys after they went out and brought in your boy, right? They brought in Kyrie. They brought in James. And then when it didn't work out with, with, with James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, what did they do? They went one step further and traded James Harden but for how you. How many guys want to be on a team where they're willing to pay tens of millions of dollars in luxury tax to win? Yeah. Like, they went and got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, like... And they went out of their it. way. Blake like, Griffin, Andre Drummond, Mike they, James, Mike James. Like they they make the effort repeatedly to win. How many guys would love to be in that situation where their team is selling out? This is what I say about the Lakers. Hey, you don't have to like the Lakers, but they tried everything they could try to win. 
right? They, they went in and now, did it work? No, it was terrible. Did it work in Brooklyn? No, it was terrible. Some shit happened. But they made the effort. Yes, man. they did. Like, how many teams would you, how many fans of teams don't even care? about the NBA playoffs because it's not like their team's going to be there. The Orlando Magic. Yeah, think about, look at the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks went and got DeJounte Murray. Mm -hmm. They're trying to win. And then there's me, the Chicago Bulls fan. I'm screwed. Maybe our owner will get hit by a bullet train. I don't know. Well said. All I'm saying is, (laughs) I would love to be in a position that Brooklyn's in. I'd love to be in a position that Atlanta's in. Yes. That the Lakers are in. Because I know that my team wants to win. Are they good at it? Probably not. Probably not. But at least they're at least they're making the effort, right? Yeah. Down up down. Say you need to change your name, dude. Burpees give me like trauma. Uh, Knicks are one of the teams that Joe Sy will never send KD to, regardless of the offer. The Nets and the Knicks don't do business together. Never have. Never will. Okay. Have the Giants and the Dodgers made trades? Yep. How about the Lakers and the Clippers? Yes. Cubs and the White Sox? Yes. Don't be so surprised because I know that Leon's called. I've been told by multiple people Leon is called. So get your facts So, right. you know. Uh, Arel on Israel says, Spida is teaming up with RJ in New York. RJ will be the most improved player next season. His all-star season. RJ averaged 23 points a game in the last 40 games. Could be. <laughs> I just don't see that that deal happens. No. I, I not right now. I think, I think as it's been described to me that the Jazz have not come off of their demand for six first round picks in Quentin Grimes, and I think that it very clearly Leon's. You know, I as I reported two weeks ago, pulled Quentin Grimes out of that deal. Yeah, Donovan. In my opinion, again, in my opinion, I don't think Donovan is going anywhere until the Durant deal works itself out because now. There's no question whether you believe it or not is doesn't matter to me. There's no question the Knicks are involved. We have plenty of good quality information coming in that tells us the Knicks are involved. They have made the calls. They're very interested. Like so, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's Boston, um, you know, whether it's a team out west. To me, Donovan is not going anywhere until that Durant situation gets resolved because the team that the really the only team that could pony up the assets to get him is now involved in the Durant situation. So. And you're really telling me Josiah is going to send Kevin Durant to the Boston Celtics before he'd send him to the Knicks. That's Just to crazy. have him come back into Barclays, you know, what, 100 days later? With like, a championship, with, with like a championship caliber team. Yeah. Because if they trade Jalen Brown and a package of players for Kevin Durant, they're going to win a championship. Can you imagine an upgraded Jalen Brown with Jason Tatum? Come on. I, like it there's just it that doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That does not make a lot of sense to me. Uh T Money says, uh, but I agree. I'd rather have KD let Donovan Mitchell rot out in Utah. Yes, please let him rot let out. Let him in Utah. rot out in Utah. You know. Okay. You know. Let's see. Uh Arel on Israel says I have great credit, but can't buy a house in New York City. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Twista says, keep uh, Katie needs DM to win. Ainge makes a deal. Uh, Kevin can make the Jazz win it all. I don't know what Bastika means. Rant says, they get worse with Harden. Couldn't, could have kept Jared Allen, Dinwiddie, and Levert. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Jared Allen was a huge mistake by Brooklyn. Yeah. Huge mistake. 
Jared Allen defensively makes that team way better. Yeah. Way better. Way, way better. By the way, Blake Griffin, did he did I miss it? I don't think he signed yet. Uh-uh. He's going to make a nice veteran role player on a really good team. Yeah. I think I think Blake Griffin can still play a little bit. Uh let's see. Griff 181 says Katie and Kyrie vouched for Steve Nash. How'd that work out? Yeah. Uh, Nash, not a good coach, Rance says, but I don't think you have any idea when you have this group of players, do you have any idea what a guy can really do as a coach? No. You don't have control of that. That I mean, that roster is like a Mustang, a Brocking Bronco. I mean, like, you have no control over that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lee P says, burpees give you trauma. Bro, I will never forget, and I can't remember the name of the personal trainer we were with, in Seal Beach. And we had to do as many burpees as we could for 60 seconds. Spinal. That was one of the hardest 60 seconds of my entire life. Back is broken. Man, that was difficult. Riley O'Brien says, morning casuals. What's up, Riley? Appreciate you. Top Junkie says, RL, absolutely 100% correct. Let's see. RL says, New Yorkers didn't want KD. We'd rather beat him. Well, that's probably true. Well, you're not going to beat him, though. That's probably true, though. Yeah. You know. Um, let's see. Bro vibe says Katie is a 2010 Chevy Tahoe with 270,000 miles. Not that valuable. <laughs> wow. Did you really just call Dude's Kevin Durant? name was what? Bro vibes. Bro vibes. That's your name. You coming in and saying that Kevin Durant is a 2010 Suburban with 270,000 miles. Come on. Crazy talk. He's got like 150,000. Get it right. All Jesus. Right. Speaking of pissing off New York fans, is Zach Wilson a bust? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's his mom saying yes, yes, yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, is Zach Wilson a bust? Uh, in case you didn't hear the news, Zach Wilson uh, tore up his knee over the weekend. Looks like he's going to be out a minimum of two to four weeks. He is scheduled to have an arthroscopic knee procedure in Los Angeles today. Looks like he got off easy, though. By all accounts, he has a bone bruise, and he needs to trim some meniscus in his right knee, which is not a huge procedure. That could be a month. Um, but here's a question. If you're a fan of the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 are you at all confident that Zach Wilson is the guy that's going to lead this franchise back to the Super Bowl? No, he's not. Now you have to wonder. And I look at Sam Darnold. He's in Carolina. I look at all of your previous quarterbacks. Ken O'Brien ain't walking through that door anytime soon. The Jets are the freaking Jets. And this is incredible. And we talk about this a lot on the show. Quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And this situation with Zach Wilson is, is almost scripted. You go in there. And you replaced Arnold, and everybody's like, okay, this is the guy. Look at the year he had at, at BYU. You draft him number two, happy forehead, huge face, crypto paycheck guy, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville is a complete scrub. Right. The Jags suck. Urban Myers feeling up some chick in his bar. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> and then Zach hurts his knee. And then he misses a, a considerable amount of time last year. And, oh, but he had a great offseason. He's banging his mom's friends. Like, everything's great. Like, uh -huh. Zach Wilson's headed in the right direction. Right. And now his his quite literally his, his first chance 
to win the job and take over the franchise. He plays hero ball because why were you running in the first place, Zachy mm-hmm. Poo? Plays hero ball, hurts his knees out a month. You can't tell me I'm the only one asking if Zach Wilson's a viable NFL quarterback. That's out of the window. He's got a lot of questions to ask and answer now. And I just don't know that he can do it. Honest to goodness, I don't know that Zach Wilson's ever going to be a productive NFL quarterback. The injuries now, multiple years with multiple knee injuries, now it's becoming a thing. Right. And if I'm the New York Jets... Now I'm starting to question my sanity because I'm all in on Robert Sella. I'm all All in. I think he is a fantastic head coach. All gas, no break, bro. Right, right. Like he's got the sweatshirt. He's got the hat. Sala this, Sala that. Sala your mom. My all this and that. Right. I'm all in. We get it. All gas, no break. Right, yeah. Let's get down, Mm -hmm. right? All gas, no break. Now you got to go find a quarterback. Oh, good news. Joe Flacco's on the roster. Okay. Good luck. Another lost season for the Jets. That's what this feels like. Yes. And I understand why you you took Zach Wilson there. Mm -hmm. And as somebody that watched pretty much every minute and every snap of his college career up close and personally, he looked like a guy. But hasn't Tyler Huntley been a better quarterback as a backup? Hasn't like just, and now Trevor Lawrence looks like a guy that's a more productive, willing and able NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson. It's funny what happens when your head coach isn't in a bar, you know, groping a woman. Yeah. Tickling the fish. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Isn't that where we're at with this now? I have real concerns for Zach Wilson's viability as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I think there was an expectation. Like, I I think this is the expectation that NFL fans have had, you know, for several years. I mean, going back through all those names you just listed, it's no surprise when these guys struggle when they play for the Jets. Then they go to another situation and they look better. You know, like Sam Darnold certainly hasn't been a world beater for the Panthers, but he went to that situation and he looked better. You know, and now you've got Baker breathing down his neck and probably taking his job, but that wasn't, that's no surprise to me. I'm a big Baker guy. If you can't tell, oh, Baker's not in the shot today. Well, my bad. No, Baker's, no, Baker's there he is. He's right here. There but, he is. But, you know, like, I, I think that the thing with Zach is that y- you're going to an it's, organization. Excuse me, Zachy Poo, please. The thing with Zachy Poo is that he's in a bad situation. They're not a good team. He doesn't have resources around him to put him in a position to be successful. And that was the, the, dif- the difference. I'm, I've never been a huge fan of the term system quarterback. I'm not sitting here saying that you have to have some great system to be successful in the league. But what I do think you need is quality coaching. What I do think you need is quality talent around you that does their damn job. Like catch the football when you should, be in the right spot, like all those little things that allow Zach Wilson to put up some numbers. That's the thing. So it's a shame that he tore up his knee like that, but I have to agree this is the same logic with Jaron Hall. You shouldn't be out there running your ass off. Just get the next four he or five should yards, not man. Have, he should not have run that football. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the 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 best the best parts. Let's uh, get your thoughts in here. Morning, guys. As always, thanks for great content every morning. Love the show. B. Davey says, appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate you. Flathead with a, a thumbs up. Uh, Justin Sal says, tough to say he's a bust. I think it's a team issue rather than a player issue. Zach is a better player if he gets drafted to the Patriots. But the problem is he didn't get drafted to the Patriots, who, by the way, don't have an offensive coordinator right now. It We've got to stop with, with I think, I think a lot of people like that excuse. 
the player has to be the very best version of himself. <laughs> Zach Wilson has had two now significant issues with his knee. Yeah. Anytime you're going to open up that knee, I'm telling you, it's a bad thing. I'm a, I, I'm a guy that believes when quarterbacks get hurt early in their career, they're going to get hurt their entire career. Baker Mayfield yes. is a perfect example of that. And I think that Zach Wilson is a guy He's not it, the Jets are not the problem when you're out of the pocket playing hero ball and then it's a non-contact injury. Yeah. That's a you problem, Zach. And I think Zach has to learn to be a throw first quarterback in this league. You cannot continue to run outside the pocket and think you're not going to get hurt. Physiologically, it's a non-starter. I say again. At what point does Zach Wilson stand in the pocket, deliver the football to win you a game? I because I don't know why he he feels that need. Yeah, I think I the, don't. the tough part is is when you don't have great protection, you're forced out a lot, and and that's what then that's kind of where I come down on the whole Jets not being a good team, and that affects Zach. Like I I totally agree. You and like I was just saying, like Zach's got to stop running and playing hero ball completely. Agree. Yes, but at the same time, the the other side of that conversation is what is he supposed to do when the protection is constantly breaking down, and that's what's tough. Like you're out there competing, trying to win football games, but but you can't just, you can't, you don't have a good offensive line, so you don't have your three seconds in the pocket. He's probably got two, two and a half seconds maybe before the defense is breathing down his neck. Then you combine that with the fact that he doesn't have a great wide receiver core, so he's working with not great assets. Now, again, those are excuses. Totally get it. You shouldn't have been running, but I'm just telling you, if he gets to, and inevitably he will get there, he will get traded or... He'll play out the contract, and then someone else will sign him. He'll get to another team, and he'll probably look a lot better. The only question that remains is, is he going to do that as a starter or as a backup? See, I just don't I don't agree with you at all. I, well, I don't think we're looking at a situation where he's going to get bounced out of there. I mean, I think they have to go all in on him. Mm. So, I, I, I mean, you're not. You're not in a position where, as Fat Jesus says, that Zach can be getting a lot of physical therapy from his mom's best friend. I just don't think you're in that it's kind not of the best situation. Yeah, no. We all know that. And I understand that's HIPAA, but my point is <laughs> I Dak. I think that's HIPAA. Thank you. I understand that's HIPAA, but my point is at some point they've got to put him and, and I, I think when a guy's getting hurt and he's constantly injuring his knee, it's difficult to do. I get it. But you've got to put him in a position where he makes or breaks. And you've got to do everything you can do to do that. But this is the Jets we're talking about. Right, but this it's isn't some, some great organization. Right, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they're doing the best that they believe they can do. But how does that measure up to Zach? That, that that okay. So the Jets are doing the best that they can do, but that's not like that. That doesn't help Zach be a better quarterback. That doesn't like you can't like look at everyone likes to use Patrick Mahomes as an example. Patrick Mahomes was able to sit behind Alex Smith and really learn, and now you see what he's become. Zach doesn't have that opportunity, and that's why I say I get it. Like talking about him leaving the Jets and him getting bounced, yes, it's premature. Absolutely. But when do you see a guy but, leave a team and get better? You you don't see that. You don't see Josh Rosen do that. You don't see Sam Darnold do that. You don't see Marcus Mariota do that. You don't see guys bounce around the league and magically become All Pro. That doesn't happen. Guys have the goods right out of the gate, or they don't. I am a big believer in, I look at Jordan Love in Green Bay. He was a bust from the second they drafted him. 
That it's just that simple. It's very rare that you get an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation. It is very rare. I think the most common situation is Tom Brady. He got a shot. He kicked ass. Drew Bledsoe had to move on. Yeah, but Tom Brady got to sit behind Bledsoe for a minute and learn. Right, but what good does what does that matter? Tom Brady was given the football. He came in. And he was one of the best quarterbacks yeah, in the but, NFL from the minute he took his first snap but, as a pro. But why is that? We can't just skip over that. Because he's Aaron a really Rogers, good quarterback. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. What's the common theme? They all got to sit behind someone and learn. Yeah, I don't think that matters. Jordan Love sucks as an NFL quarterback. In today's world, when you're paying these guys the money you're paying them, you don't get to let them sit on the bench for several years. It just doesn't work that way. Wow. It doesn't work that way. There has to be a middle ground of some variety. But there's not. Well, there's and, and I, well, but again, I'm sorry to break it to you. That's not the way the NFL works. There's a reason the Ravens are not giving Lamar Jackson that quarterback contract. There's a reason. They know. They know. And you know what they know? He's not he's not a, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Lamar Jackson, sorry to break it to you guys. Lamar Jackson is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. So no, the Baltimore Ravens should not pay him. And furthermore, if you evaluate him as less than a Super Bowl quarterback, hell no, you should not pay him. If you look up, look at the AFC East on its own. There's one guy in that division, one guy. And his name ain't Tua Tungavai, your dad slapped you because you sucked at quarterback. It's Josh Allen. That's it. He's the guy. Because can you can you really tell me Mack in New England is the guy? No, he's not. He doesn't have an offensive coordinator, right? You look at that division. Is it Zach Wilson? Certainly not. Is it Mac Jones? Not yet. Is it Tua Tungavailoa? Certainly not, right? Go division by division. Look at the quarterbacks. How's Mitch Trubisky doing for the Bears? He's doing great for the Steelers. How is, look at Justin Fields. Look at Justin Fields. Justin Fields is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Just not. You can look at that guy and you can tell. Look at my guy, Justin Herbert, Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I can go up and down the starters in this league and you can tell me right now here today, Super Bowl caliber quarterback or not, right? Like, I mean, Joe Burrow, Super Bowl caliber quarterback or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, obviously. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I guess not. I mean... I, is he? I'm telling you. He's the not. problem is what's not been said is who are they going to go and get? Well, Kyler Murray, Super Bowl caliber quarterback. No, or not? obviously not. Not even close. We, so what did the Cardinals do? They signed him to a massive contract that had a clause in it about watching get? video. Who are they going to get? You. It, they, this is the conundrum. God, this is the problem with football and bad football teams. The Chicago Bears, none other than. Well, you know, he's not good, so let's go get another crappy quarterback, right? That's the problem. Mac Jones, at least, has the opportunity to become a really good quarterback. You're replacing Tom Brady. You're never living up to that bar, right? So what did Tampa do? Tampa didn't want Jameis Winston, so they went and got Tom Brady. You went and got him. Somebody could have had Aaron Rodgers. Anybody could have had Justin Herbert. If you need a quarterback, you probably need to draft one. Or if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, you go and sign the best available, right? Nobody went and got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron probably didn't want to leave Green Bay. I'm telling you, man, you know, 
You can look at a guy. If he's scared, Zach Wilson is not scared. He just doesn't make good decisions. I don't know what's worse. Do you want a guy that's scared or a guy that makes terrible decisions? I have no idea. But anyway, my point is, no, I would not pay Lamar Jackson. I absolutely would not pay Lamar Jackson. I just, I would not. Uh, Jason Dent says, I agree with Monty. You're either good or you're not. Right out of the gate. Uh, Bobby Santiago says, exactly. Sitting behind a proven veteran helps a lot. Oh, I think it absolutely helps a lot. How many teams are in that position to do that? How many teams can afford to pay a, two quarterbacks on their roster? Two starting caliber quarterbacks. By the way. But you're paying them on, but you're not paying two for full price. That's not the point. You're paying a rookie on a rookie deal. Do you understand how much rookies make? No, I guess rookies not. Rookies make a ton of, I, I and I'll, I'll look it up for you. Rookies are not cheap, man. Rookies are not, the NFL wage scale it is crazy. Yeah. But look, man, all I'm saying is that is that like you're you're sitting here trying to trying to dictate that, hey, you're either a have or a have not. And I'm sitting here telling you that it's funny how most of the haves, you know, have someone that they can they can learn from. They have someone that can teach them how how the league works and what to look for and the little things and what to read and what not to read and like and it's funny how those guys seemingly have a bunch of success that's all i'm saying so when we sit here and say oh well is zach a bust or not i don't think he's a bust he's playing for a dog crap organization like you, you, you there's like put put joe burrow in a jet uniform you really think he he's gonna do what he did in a jets uniform that he did for cincinnati hell no hell no dude no way no because cincinnati was talented but I also think I'm not paying Kenny Pickett $14 million to sit on the bench and learn. From who? Right? That's the problem. You look at these guys. Look at look at the Jags. Trayvon Walker is getting a $24 million signing bonus. Mm -hmm. He better be good right out of the gate. Look at Aiden Hutchinson with the Lions. $23.15 million signing bonus. He had a great debut. For the Detroit Lions. You feel good about that guy, right? Look at Daryl Stingley making $22.3 million with the Texans. The, you, you can't afford the guys on the bench. I mean, you're talking about best case scenario. Wow, man, Jordan Love. Jordan Love sucks. Jordan Love is never going to be a starter. They do not have a replacement for Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. in Green Bay. They don't. They they just, they don't, right? Like, that's why guys like Chase Daniels ha has, Chase Daniel has a job in this league because he's a solid backup quarterback. That's what you need. You need one guy that's your guy. Why can Josh Rosen not back up, you know, verticality in Arizona? Because you don't want Josh Rosen staring at Kyler Kyler Murray, right? Like, I, I anyway, we could go on and on. Uh, Cam Harrison says, Justin Fields compares Chicago Bears wide receivers, quote, they would have made six string at Ohio State, probably. 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 I'm not saying the Bears are good. I'm not saying the Bears are good at all. Not even a little bit. Um, let's see. Justin Saul says, this is silly. You think if Tom Brady was drafted higher up to a team like the Jets or any other sucky team, he starts his rookie year, he is going to be the same player? I don't think so. It was a different era in the NFL. He wasn't making $24 million. He wasn't. But why do you think Trevor Lawrence started last year? Why did Zach Wilson start last year? Why did... But you're already seeing, like Trevor Lawrence to me is a good example. You're already seeing the difference in situation with with between Urban and, and Peterson. You're already seeing 
that, hey, you've you've got a better coaching staff, a better environment, a more professional environment, a better culture that's helping you. And that's my thing with Zach. Like, I don't think, like, I think it's de definitely, you have to ask the question, is he a bust or not? I definitely think it's appropriate to ask the question, but I think it's early to say that he is because I, I, I this is like, this is like Jared Butler for the Utah Jazz. Jared Butler is, is 20 games away from being a bust. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, he's if, a, it, he's like. He's never going to be a bust. He was drafted in the what forties in the second round. Okay, or whatever. so if you're if you're drafted late and you suck, that means you're not a bust. Is that that's? I, I mean, think, I think there's, if that's you're real. drafted in the lottery, it, the NBA is totally different. I know it's different, but my point, the point I'm trying to make here is that situations matter. It absolutely matters, and so does how much you get paid. I I'm don't not, think like I don't think anybody's arguing that. But the days of Joe Montana and Steve Young are over. You're not having those. You. There's not a quarterback situation like that in the NFL. I mean, there's just not. Josh Allen's a stud because Josh Allen's a stud. And if Trevor Lawrence works out, it's because you have a guy that's talented who persevered. Those are great traits in a quarterback. I just don't see it in Zach Wilson. I don't. I He was phenomenal in college, and I know it's sacrilege in this state to say that he's a, he's a bust or whatever. I don't see the talent level. I don't see the execution level. I don't see a guy that wants to stand in the pocket and throw the football. I don't. And if you're going to run around this league, look, at there's no better example of this than Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray is a much better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Kyler Murray's not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He's not. You can't have Kyler Murray stand in the pocket and deliver the football. You can't have a guy like Lamar Jackson. He won't stand in the pocket and deliver the football. Look at his highlight tape. There's either all runs or dying ducks thrown over the middle that are softly caught by a tight end. Like, you're not a star. Steve Peterson uh, says, Steve Young behind Montana. There's a lot of QBs who backed up Hall of Fame QBs learning from them and the teams didn't lose a step. Okay, find me any situation that's even remotely comparable to Steve Young and Joe Montana. I mean, even a little, just a little. Just the tip. Like, just... Even remotely like that. I can't think of one either because there's not. There's not. Like, look at Trey Lance. Anybody think Trey Lance? You've seen Trey Lance as the starter now. Yeah, I can. I think we can say Trey Lance is a bust. Like, you can say that. He's got you're, good coaching. He got to sit behind someone, and he's not there. You're going to find out right now because he's the starting quarterback in San Francisco. And they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. That might be as close as you're going to get in this league. But I don't see another situation where it is even at all. Like, there's no such thing as Steve Young and Joe Montana. Mm -hmm. That I mean, that's... Uh, Steve, you ready? With all due respect, you, yes, can't yes, yes. you can't compare the 80s to the 2020s. That, that doesn't work. Tanner says you don't have to sit behind an elite QB in order to become elite. Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow comes to mind. Matt Stafford. Well, but that's my argument. Like, Joe Burrow is elite because he's elite. Matt Matt Stafford was good from the drop. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like Donovan, like Donovan McNabb, who Tanner mentions here. Donovan McNabb was a mediocre quarterback from the minute he picked up a football. He was never going to be the reason any team that he was on, including the beloved Philadelphia Eagles, won a Super Bowl. But was he the reason they lost? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. Donovan McNabb was a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, Donovan McNabb was not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He was not. Sorry. 
Hate to break it to you. Is Lamar Jackson good for the Baltimore Ravens? I don't know. Not my idea. Yeah, I I don't. I just don't know. My only thing here is, okay, cool. Give Lamar the bird. See ya. Okay, great. Who are you going to replace him with? Who's better? That's your job. That's your job. As a general manager, that's your job. Wow. To go and find a quarterback. That's your job. But I think it's easy. But it's easy to say that Matthew. Like, okay, come but on, man. look at Matthew Stafford. I, it's I don't know why you get so upset about stuff like this. I've never understood this about you. This is not rocket science. Was Jared Goff good enough? No. So what did they do? They traded him for Matthew Stafford, who which is different. How is that different than just letting Lamar go? Right? No, it's not different. Yeah, Jared Goff, who wasn't good enough to win a Super Bowl, so you went and got a guy who won you a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you let him walk away or trade him. Trade him. If you if if Lamar Jackson's not your guy and you're not going to sign him, trade him. You have complete control over him. Complete. You'll he'll play on the tag, like you have complete control over him in the NFL. Trade him. Do what the Rams did. I mean, there's only two routes. You either go and get a guy or you draft a guy. Either way, that's your job. So you can you can be frustrated with it. It's fact. Look at teams that win Super Bowls. What did the Bucs have with Jameis Winston? Nothing. So what did they do? They went and got Tom Brady. What did the Rams have with Jared Goff? Nothing. So they went and got Matt Stafford. You either have the guy or you don't. Arizona doesn't have the guy. They, they just don't. I'm telling you, in my opinion, San Francisco doesn't have the guy. Seattle... And this is the amazing part about Russ. Seattle didn't have any issue at quarterback until they couldn't get along. So what did Denver do? They didn't want Drew Locke anymore. So you know what? They went and got Russell Wilson, who's the guy. Now, is he still the guy? We'll find out in Denver this year. But you can look across the league. Look at look at the Las Vegas Raiders with Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr the guy? I don't know. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. Well, now you've got a pretty good team around him. You've got the best offensive coordinator in, in the National Football League right now today. You just hired him as your head coach. Is he going to be Andy Reid or is he going to be just another guy? I don't know. We'll find out. But I'm guessing that Derek Carr is the guy under, under McDaniels. Mm -hmm. And I think they will win. So it is what it is. Let's see. Uh, Justin Saul says, here is what all these great QBs had, good defenses and good running games. I mean, look at Mark Sanchez. Guy looks solid until the defense and running game went away. Well, well, Mark Sanchez, uh, another guy who could not stand in the pocket and deliver the football. Mm -hmm. Another guy who panicked. And where did Mark Sanchez go? Nowhere. Nowhere. I, I mean, I look at teams. Now, what makes great quarterbacks great? Usually they're on a team that has a pretty good defense. Right. LA Rams, Tampa Bay Bucks, Chicago Bears. Like, you name teams that had average quarterbacks, what did they all have? Elite defenses. But if you look at the best quarterbacks and the best defenses together, the Rams are the perfect example of this. The Bucks are the perfect example of it. When they won the Super Bowl, they had a tremendous defense. Mm -hmm. Right? It is very rare that you can have a crappy quarterback and a crappy defense and end up in the Super Bowl. That almost never happens. And it's very rare, frankly, you have a crappy quarterback and you end up in the Super Bowl. There are very few examples of that. Trent Dilfer comes to mind. There are very few examples of that. Uh, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, uh, true Steve Peterson, but that's not the only path to a quarterback. Okay. 
Uh, Cam Harrison, I think I read that one already. Kenai Johnson says Aaron Rodgers had Brett Favre to watch and learn. Okay. A Joe D run organization is not a dog crap organization no longer. Okay. Steve Peterson says Tanner, I agree completely, but it hasn't happened many times in the, but it has happened many times in this league. The thing I'm trying to understand is why can people knock it out of the eighties? Like this argument is the eighties and some of the nineties, right? That's not what this league is anymore. That's just not what this league is. You can't keep comparing Steve Young and, and Joe Montana. I know he's a BYU guy and you'll never say two bad words about him, but Steve Young also didn't want to play in certain places, right? So San Francisco made a choice, yeah. but the salary cap was completely different. The salary situation was completely different, totally different. Uh, Jay Reed gives us a five or J Rod gives us a $5 tip. Appreciate that. Thank you. Riley O'Brien says Monty is preaching was elected, was elated with Matthew Stafford proving himself a Super Bowl winning QB last season. Can the Rams repeat? Well, not if his elbows in two pieces. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. they they have a, they have a tough, tough situation. All I'm there. saying is I'm not even particularly annoyed with, with the whole conversation. What, what annoys me is that there's just there it's not like for me and again you're going to say that i just don't get it or whatever but for me what i what i'm never going to get down <laughs> with is is hey well this guy is playing for some awful he's in an awful situation in an organization again here we go with all due respect that hasn't <laughs> been good in in how long like that's the only thing i struggle with like again i get it like you think i'm annoyed or whatever but i'm not really that annoyed all I'm, my main point here is that don't tell me zach wilson is a bust yet ask the question yes but we can't definitively say that zach wilson is a bust yet because of the situation he's in i do agree it's very rare that quarterbacks go to another team and they succeed that is 1000 percent true but if again if zach wilson had the goods and was playing for the jets what would that look like? Would that just look like, hey, he he's delivering the football and you know his guys are dropping it or like he like what like I don't know what that looks like in the league. Is there an example of that? Hey, a guy has the goods, but he plays for some terrible team, so it's just not they're just not going anywhere. Is that is that you know because like Herbert and the Chargers went somewhere like they they were you know again Lamar right they they played Lamar like they they had that matchup you know. You look at these guys right now who are names and who were drafted like the Joe Burrows of the world, obviously had huge success and had a great culture and a great defense as we were just talking about. So that's why I say, like, again, the guys who are dominating the league right now, a couple of them had people to sit behind, but most of the time, you're right. They either have it or they don't. My problem with Zach is he plays for the Jets. The Jets are not a good organization. He doesn't have much to work with. So what is he left to do? I guess make better decisions. Right. But that's easy for us to say when we don't have some linebacker chasing us, you know, like so that's why I say I, I think it's just difficult. I wonder what Zach would be in a in a better situation. That's yeah. what I wonder. I don't know. I mean, if you go back and look at the history of Jets quarterbacks, I mean, it's not great. You're Josh McCowns of the world. You're Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. You're Ken O'Brien's of the world. Like, I'm not saying the Jets are a good situation at all. What I'm telling you is you can't throw nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions in 13 games and call that call that good. Yeah, and I think that's fair criticism. You can't. I think it's fair. Like, that's a good example. Hey, like his, his touchdown interception ratio 
if he had the goods, would be a lot better. Like maybe maybe what it would be is, hey, you threw, you know, 11, 11 touchdowns and had two interceptions, but your completion percentage was terrible because your guys were dropping it constantly. I don't, I don't know, but that's that's kind of what I'm trying to lay out. I think if Zach Wilson doesn't make it this year, he's, he's going to be a, a a a wasted quarterback in the league. I mean, he will be a guy that will bang around as a number two. And he's he is probably not going to have a great shot anywhere else. I look at Sam Darnold again. You're getting beat out by Baker Mayfield right now. I mean, you're you're legit. But I I also believe that USC doesn't put out good quarterbacks. I mean, you can go back to Mark Sanchez. I mean, Carson Palmer's the last good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at Sam Darnold. I I just don't. I've never thought the goods were there. Never. I look at Zach Wilson. I ha- I have not seen it even in even in his games last year he was dominant for one season at BYU and it was magical dude it was what he did was man and he got he got paid for it and yeah. I I'm thrilled for the guy but I don't see a route in this league where you can be a a, a mediocre quarterback and then go on and become a superstar. It just doesn't happen. And so you think that Zach is 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 closer to mediocre than closer to being a franchise guy. I don't basically. think he'll ever be a franchise quarterback. Not yeah. now. One, the injuries that the knee injury is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. He may obviously he dodged a big bullet here. It is a a he just needs to trim meniscus. If you're just tuning in, the update on Zach Wilson is he'll have his knee scoped uh today in Los Angeles. Um, and it looks like the diagnosis is a bone bruise and a meniscus repair. Mm-hmm. And I should say a trim. So basically, you're, do you guys know what meniscus is? It's a pad that basically is a shock absorber in your knee. Um, it is, I mean, it's like a sponge. And you know when you use a sponge too long, it starts to fray? That's what happened. Zach Wilson pinched off and with that knee, his knee banged together when he went to cut. It essentially left a fragment of his meniscus that's sticking out now outside of the capsule. And so they have to go in and, and shave that piece off. Yeah. It is not a major, when it comes to meniscus issues, it's not a major issue. That bone bruise and any, anytime you go in there with a blade, it's a major thing. He is going to be less mobile because of it. And now the other thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about is when you go in and disrupt your knee capsule, your knee joint, now it's never going to be as stable as it once was. And he's going to have to rehab that. And now he's going to have to come back on another knee injury. Yeah. Second knee injury. He missed four games last year. Now he's going to miss the entire preseason here to four. And I mean, there's a chance he could be ready for opening day for opening for week one. Joe, Joe Flacco is probably your starting quarterback for the jets. Just another missed opportunity. And yeah, sure. He's getting paid. And I mean, it's awesome. He got there and he was drafted number two. That's awesome. But I, to me, he's probably just going to bang around the league. He is. Let's get your thoughts on it. Tanner says, I give Zach Wilson this year and next. If he doesn't cut it during the next two years, the Jets will get rid of him. Uh, Wilson, Lawrence, and Fields went to bad organizations. Time will tell. I think Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence is showing signs now. Mm-hmm. He made some throws over the weekend where you're like, oh, so you are in there somewhere. You're starting to see that he is capable. I think Justin Fields, I don't know what the situation with him is in that he takes an awful lot of hits that don't get called. 
Yeah. Like it's, he took a massive hit upper body head area after he slid. They did not throw the flag. I don't, I, that I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know why, but he makes nice throws. He's got the arm, but their offensive line is not good. They're going to be, I think they're going to run the ball quite well. Their offensive line's not good. They have tight ends. They have a, a really good, Darnell Moody is a really good wide receiver, but he just takes so many huge shots that, yes. I mean, I, I don't I don't even know how you do that. Josh Levern says, isn't Zach Wilson in a similar system? Pete Carroll runs in Seattle. Game manager, quarterback, run, run, pass. Not at all. I think they are counting on Zach Wilson to throw the football a lot. I think they, now, do they have the weapons to do that? We can argue about that. Do they have the offensive line? We can argue about all that. They're counting on on Trevor Long, or excuse me, on Zach Wilson to carry that team. Yeah. They they drafted him to be a prolific performer, so I would not put them in the in the same category. Even uh, Fat Jesus says Zach Wilson is Matt Leinart. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, Tom Basilius says Zach needs to try not to get hurt and wait for his contract to expire. Um, for what? For what? Yeah, I, I I that I think you can't do as a as just as an athlete, generally speaking. I don't think you can be like, well, I'm going to try not to get hurt and then wait for my contract to expire. That, that's just not how the world works. Yep. Uh, Jason Dent says, Train Lance will prove you wrong, Monty. I hope so. Because the 49ers desperately need him to be good. And that's what the league's about, proving people wrong. You know, but I, yeah. I, I just, like, like I, like honest to God, I would put the percentages of Trey Lance proving someone wrong above Zach Wilson proving someone wrong just based on the two situations. I think Zach is a better quarterback than Trey Lance, but the situation will not permit him to to prove some people wrong, yeah, in my opinion. And I, I think, man, again, I just look up and down. Uh, I just look up and down the numbers. Yeah. And I think when you look at these quarterbacks and, and you go, I... You either have it or you don't. I, I, there are very few situations. Mitchell Trubisky will never be a star in this league. He he won't. Like I, I'm just trying to think of a quarterback. But see, like I think a lot of people would say, like Mitch is an interesting example. Like we've talked about Mitch a lot on this show. I think a lot of people would say, hey, like he played really good for what he had to work with. Like you went to the playoffs with Mitch, man. You know, like like he did some things. Now again, to your point. Had a great defense, right? Like, like really, really good defense. And you're a kick away from the NFC Championship game? Literally a kick away. Something out of his control. So, that, like, Mitch is a really good example of a guy that maybe he is one of those rare cases where he gets to the Steelers and that situation works better for but him. But isn't this know. the Kirk Cousins argument? Yeah, well, Kirk because Cousins, dude. But I, I, but again, I'll go to my grave. Good old, the late great Napa Mike and I used to battle about Kirk Cousins on the radio in Phoenix all the time. I'm telling you, Kirk Cousins put him in the right situation. Kirk Cousins can play the game. You, it, it and my bar has always been two to one touchdown interceptions, four thousand yards. That's just like I look at the numbers on a, on a guy like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins throws for forty two hundred and twenty one yards last year. 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions, and we're saying he sucks. I'm telling you, that guy can play. That yeah. guy can play. Like, I, I look what at... What are some of the other names? Yeah, we'll also look at there. I think if you look at the guys... Let's start with the guys under 4,000 yards. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's done. 
Like looking at him in, in Indianapolis, he looks done to me. Last year, 3,900 yards. Look at some of the younger guys. Mac Jones last year, 3,801 yard. 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Too many interceptions. Mac Jones can play in this league, though. Yeah. Mac Jones can play in this league. I look at Kyler Murray, 3,787 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah. Don't love the 10 picks. Would love to see that be like six or seven picks, but those are not bad numbers. Yeah. Okay. But I think but I think the problem for Kyler was that was that playoff game where he just got embarrassed. That was the issue. Ryan Tannehill, 37 yards, 3,700 yards, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Let's see again. <laughs> How much of a of a, a credit or a discount, if you will, does he get for being a Titan? Like, you know, that's pretty good in Titan land. Tom Brady. Yeah. 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, 12 picks. Mm-hmm. It's not a question. <laughs> Justin Herbert, 5,014 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 picks. I'd yeah. Hit, I'd hit that. I know. You're a big um, Justin Herbert guy. Matt Stafford, 4,886, 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. No question. Patty, Patty Mahomes, 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 picks. No question. Like, these numbers are ridiculous. Look at Derek Carr, 4,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, 14 picks. For the Raiders, that's pretty damn good, dude. What's he like in an elite offense with a great offensive line? I don't know. We don't know. But so, so, this, is, this, so this is my point. This is what I've been trying to get to the whole conversation. For guys like this, we're willing to say, hey, situation... Right, like because like, his performance, Derek Carr's performance, is so above and beyond the rest of the talent on the team. Okay, so let me ask you this then, and I'm being sincere with this: If Zach Wilson threw for three thousand yards, even let's say mm-hmm. nothing crazy, three thousand yards, let's say twenty-five touchdowns, fifteen picks, right? More picks, but pretty good year. Would you? Would we then be able to say, hey, okay? Yeah, if you got to this situation, you're probably 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 10 picks. That So we just need to see him. We need to see him produce at a certain level, even if the situation sucks, is basically what we're saying. Yeah, Zach, there has to be a Zach at no time last year looked like a, a franchise-level quarterback, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson at no time yeah. looked like a franchise-level quarterback. Yeah. That's is Deshaun on that list? Deshaun Watson? Is he on that list? No, he didn't play last year. Oh, that's right. That's and right. And, and he's still got he's signed not, in a fully guaranteed contract. And he's not going to play this year. Right. I mean, I don't know. I look at, but this is the this is the the Taysom Hill conversation. <laughs> Man. Taysom Hill's not an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Now, is he an NFL tight end? Yeah, I think he is. Is he a phenomenal special teams player? Yes, he is. Can he play in this league? Yes, he can. Can he be a quarterback in this league? No, he cannot. It's not good enough. Jameis Winston, not good enough. I mean, I, I look at some of the people at, at the bottom of this list. Darnold, Daniel Jones, Tua, um, Lamar Jackson, 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I'm not paying How you. How many rushing yards? I am not paying you. Well, you just interrupted me when I was going to say, I'm not paying you to run the football. You're my quarterback. I need you to stand in the pocket and deliver the football. And as, as, far, as, as far as rushing goes... I mean, it's it's not it's it's not even close. Lamar Jackson's a thousand yard rusher. I'm pretty sure, right? I'd have to look at his numbers in total, but he's not good enough to throw the ball. He, he I'm not paying you franchise quarterback money. Sorry, dude. 
I would, if I'm Baltimore, I'm not doing that. I go and make a deal. And the next offseason, I'm trading him. Simple as that. Like, you can't, you've got to throw for 4,000 yards. And for every one interception you throw, you got to throw two touchdowns. 767 rushing yards last year. 2020 at 1,000. That's amazing for a running back. I'm not paying Lamar Jackson to be a running back. I'm not. I'm pay- I don't want car accidents every night for my my quarterback. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not doing it. I am not doing it. All right. Uh, let's see. NY Jazz fan says, love talking football. Can't wait for the season to officially start. Me too. Ken Williams says, he don't change plays even if there are eight guys in the box. LOL. Uh, he had hand the ball off. Um, okay. Uh, Scammer Trolling says, I'd like to welcome myself to the chat this morning. Scammer, good to see welcome. you. Welcome. Good to see you. Uh, Steve Peterson says, I guess this is my issue with the NFL. You give these rookies huge contracts without proving themselves. What motivation now do these guys have to better themselves? They've already got a ton of money. I think that's a that's great question. That's a great point. I think that's completely fair. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, let's see. Rafael Nunez says, of course he wants to leave. Who in their right mind wants to play in Utah? <laughs> I, I'm just, no, yeah. I'm going to leave that there. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that there. I, you know, uh, Rand says dolphins messed up, not taking Herbert. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Absolutely. They did. There is no doubt about that. D nine says, uh, new here. Just saying hi. Hi D nine. What's up, bud? Good to see you. Uh, Connor Curless, don't watch a lot of football. Who should I watch this season if I get into it more? The, the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego County. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends what you're looking for if you're not a big football guy. What, I mean, what I would tell you if you want entertainment, yeah, I mean, you want to watch the California teams. You want to watch, you know, the definitely you want to watch the Broncos if you can. Like, if you have the if you have uh, the ticket, Sunday ticket, I yeah, I'd be watching, do some homework, figure out who the good quarterbacks in the league are, and watch those teams because that's going to be entertaining football. Yep, two hours deep, just about eight thirty Mountain Time on the show, and we got to tell you about our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Hey, hey, congratulations to Lauren Miller, listener of our show, won their weekly Traeger giveaway this week. I'm telling you, they hook you up every time you go into a barbecue pit stop. Any of their five locations. Uh, Lehigh, Leighton, Logan, Murray, and St. George. Now, there is a box on the counter uh, for you to win a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. We're giving you two nights at the uh, Palms Casino Resort and Hotel. We're giving you two tickets to the game and a $250 gas card to get you there. The only way you can enter, go to Barbecue Pit Stop. Fill out a slip, put it on the uh, in the box. Join us in the Lehigh location, September 17th. We're going to smoke a bunch of wings, watch a bunch of pizza, or watch cook, smoke some wings and stuff with pizza on it. Yes! And watch BYU and Oregon play uh, in uh, Eugene at Autzen Stadium. We're going to have a watch party for the BYU-Oregon game. And then at halftime of that game at the barbecue pit stop in uh, Lehigh, we're going to draw the winner of that trip for two to go see the Shamrock Series in Vegas between BYU and Notre Dame. Thanks to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. And I, I, I will again say, had great smoked pizza last night. Yes. Um, on our Traeger, Ironwood 885. I'm a Traeger guy. I'm a smoker guy now, right? You can get that exact smoker at Barbecue Pit Stop. You can get all the spices and rubs and sauces at Barbecue Pit Stop. Check them out online, bbqpitstop.com. They're good dudes as well. 
You walk into that store. Let's say you buy a smoker and you want to do a brisket, but you don't know how. You can call any of the barbecue pit stops in Lehigh, Leighton, Logan, Murray, and St. George. And you could say, hey, man, I'm about to throw a brisket on. What should I do? How should I spice this? Do I need to brine it? How long do I need to let it rest? You can do all of that on the phone with the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop. Check them out online, bbqpitstop.com, or go into any of their five locations to enter trip to win. But seriously, come and see us September 17th. Yes. We would love to have a huge turnout there. We're going to have a bunch of wings. It's going to be amazing. Going to have some pizza as well. It'll be awesome. Yes. So come watch us. Rance says Utah, Florida will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mahmoud Diabate is looking for revenge on the Gators. I can't wait for college football to start. I'm actually really excited. By the way, by the way, in three weeks when college football starts, we'll be doing this show in uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, we're going to be in Hawaii for two weeks uh, starting the first weekend of September. Looking forward to that. Big Dog O-Town says, I've been saying my boys should start Huntley. He can run needs, but he... He can run when needed, but he looks for the pass. First love Lamar's athleticism, but I need a traditional quarterback just saying. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Let's see. Ken Williams says, you got to watch the team every week, Monty. Kirk is not that good. He's still worried about bad plays that he made in college. Let's hope these new coaches can teach him to read a defense at the line. Do you mean Kirk Cousins? I, 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 no, not doing it. Not doing it. Nope. Uh, talking with talking with Raphael podcast on BYU Radio on PBS. Secretary <laughs> of State Joe Smoke My Balls joins us now. I'm kidding. <laughs> I just think the name Talking with Ra, Talking with Raphael podcast. Excuse me. Talking with Raphael podcast is just the great. <laughs> it's the greatest podcast name ever. Yeah. Greatest podcast name ever. Ken Williams says, great show, guys. Appreciate it. Arlington Bear says, BBQ Pit Stop Party sounds fun, but it does not fit into my cut program. Will you have what any you, rabbit Whoa, food? whoa, 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 whoa. It definitely does fit whoa. into the cut program. Are you unfamiliar with, with eating wings that are smoked and not fried that are, you know, not terrible for you? That, that is. It you know. fits in the program. Come on. Tanner Plummer says, man, I wish I could come September 17th, but sadly I have to work that day. Request it off. It's yeah. like a month it's away. It's called three letters, P-T-N-O. Come it's, on. Called, it's called a month away. It's like, who is blowing up my phone right now? Good guy. Oh, you know what it is? My wife ordered from the Apple store. What did she and order from the Apple store? AirTags because she lost her, her, um, she lost her tripod. So now she is trying to not ever have that happen again. That we we're getting somewhere. Bought another one. Um, another one. Another one. It's so frustrating, isn't it? It is. When something just disappears and it you is like like there's no reason for it. There's no. I think she. I think Mrs. Monty would like to join the show here. It doesn't matter what Mrs. Monty wants. Okay. Okay. Hello, Mrs. Monty. It's thievery. Somebody stole your your. I don't tribe. know. You stole money from my bank account to buy another one. I haven't bought another one yet. I'm like, sure, I'm you sure. You still have not bought one. You I just buy another one? It, if I keep looking for it, it's going to reappear. Okay, so Mrs. Monty's birthday reappear. is September 5th. Okay. I bought her like a $36,000 rocket ship and worth of a camera amazing. lens. Yeah, it is pretty For amazing. her camera. Yeah. She does not have a tripod because she lost one, and now she will not buy it. It's a $250 flipping tripod for a thousand dollar camera lens yeah buy the tripod 
buy the buy, buy the. You make good money. I don't lose things. Well, apparently like. you do. You, okay, you've lost a your virginity and b your tripod. I'm gonna say you lose things. Y'all feel me? All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> this feels awkward now. Uh, Fernando Tatis or Joe Rogan? <sighs> um, I guess Joe Rogan. I All guess. Right. San Diego Padres shortstop Fernando Tatis has been suspended 80 games. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say do Tatis because, well, it'll be a short conversation. He's out. Wow. Damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Fernando Tatis tested positive for a widely used steroid amongst performance enhancers and then tried to say, well, see what had happened is I was in the gym lifting weights. 26 inch biceps mm-hmm. and I got ringworm off the preacher curl bench. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis says he got, he tested positive for the steroid that is widely used as a performance enhancer. Linocaine and B12. Because he was treating ringworm. Mm-hmm. Is that how you broke your wrist falling off a motorcycle over the winter as well? I've never taken steroids. See, the problem is it's plausible. There are ringworm treatments with this, you know, horse steroid in them. The problem is I don't believe you, Fernando. In my opinion, you're a liar. And there's $300 million and 17,000 years worth of a contract left. What is it? It's 12 years. So he signed. Yeah. So he's got 12 years left. He signed a 14-year, $340 million contract. 12 years and $312 million left on this contract. And you had ringworm? Yeah. Somehow, Somehow I don't believe you. You felt pressure and wanted to perform better. So you took steroids, in my opinion. Yeah. I have questions. Okay. So I know that, like, you know, back in the Bonds day, the uh, the, the cream, the cream and the clear, or whatever the hell they called it. How much of that would you have to put on for it to really show up in your blood and provide a performance enhancement? So I happen to. I know have you have knowledge of this. Unique so. knowledge of this, and on the uh, if you go back to our archives, there is a there is a Victor Conti video. Um, in the archive where I sat with Victor Conti mm-hmm. in yeah. his office. And I happened to be covering the San Francisco Giants when Melky Cabrera, who was their left fielder at the time, tested positive. Right. And as Victor Conti explained it to me, the way that, that most baseball players, most, not all, in general, mm-hmm. they're going to know when they're getting tested. Understand this. I want you to grasp this concept. Major League Baseball players know when they're getting tested. Even when it's random, they know. So the way that this works is they know that they have to be at the ballpark at 2 o'clock for a 7 o'clock game. Right. They have to be in the clubhouse. Usually, you know, most teams I've been around, it's like 2.30. They're going to wake up take a hot shower or a a hot tub to open up their skin. They're going to apply a steroid cream to their body, usually in their abdomen or their thighs specifically. Largest muscle groups. So they're going to apply this cream. It literally is a body lotion. They're going to apply it to their entire body with a concentration in certain areas. 
They are going to go to the ballpark. They're going to put that cream on at about 8 in the morning. Their testosterone level is going to skyrocket. It's going to skyrocket. He knows at 2.30 when I walk in the clubhouse, Jimmy Dickhead from the testing company is going to be waiting with a bottle for me. He's going to follow me into the bathroom. (laughs) He is going to watch me take a leak into this cup. And then he's going to go and test it. So what I'm going to do is I am going to take that steroid cream and put it on me. And I am not going to go to the ballpark a minute before I have to. Because over time, as I work out during the day, as I live my life during the day, what's going to happen? That spike is going to come down. Go to the ballpark, test negative, play the, do workout, play the game. What do they do right after the game? Ice, therapy, sauna, hot shower. So what are they going to do? They're going to take their, their cream. They're going to rub it all over their body after they get in the sauna and the hot tub and the shower. And then they're going to go and they're going to sleep that off. And then they're going to go back to the ballpark. Twice a week, usually they're going to do it at the night and in the morning. And usually that morning test is the one, that morning session will be on a test day where they're not getting tested. Melky Cabrera's mistake was he put that cream on in the morning of an afternoon game where guess what? He was getting tested. So when did he get tested? He got tested at like 10 in the morning Mm. when his testosterone level was way up instead of way down. That's how stupid you have to be to get caught. So now you have Fernando Tatis who's got 12 years and $312 million left on his deal. And he gets popped for a positive steroid test. After you spent a winter falling off of a motorcycle, not once, multiple times you broke your wrist. You haven't played yet this year. You were about to return to the lineup and then you tested positive for steroids. So what did you do? You probably, in my opinion, I don't know this to be fact, but you probably are a regular steroid user. Probably got out of your cycle. You probably got out of your rhythm. You hurt your wrist. You were probably taking steroids to help you recover more quickly from that wrist injury. Mm -hmm. And you got caught because you're not in rhythm. You're not in the system. You're not in the pipeline. So you don't understand, hey, okay, well, I have to test on Wednesday. Ah, Tuesday night, I'm probably not going to put any cream on. I'm not going to apply steroids. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. That's my opinion. That's, you can't, I, I, I want you to understand, you have to be really stupid to get caught. Yeah. I mean, stupid to get caught. Right. They know when they are getting tested. And he still got caught. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. I always crack up at, at people who are like, no, man, Um, it was, I was treating ringworm. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, using the preacher curl bench is totally one of those places where you can easily get ringworm. We know this. This has happened in our family. It is very small, and you can treat it with a cream, but it's not slathered on your entire body. There's no way that that tiny amount for treating that ringworm is... No, here's here's why this excuse is complete bullshit. Because if you have ringworm, if you stub your toe, if you cut your face shaving, and you are a professional baseball player, you do not go to the hospital, you do not go to the doctor. Where do you go? Mm-hmm. You go over and pick up your cell phone and you call the team trainer right. and you say, Hey, I have ringworm. When you get into the, when you get into the clubhouse on the road or at home, Hey, you know, 
Like I have, I've had ringworm under my arm mm-hmm. from the preacher curl bench. From the that's literally how it happened. Yeah. yeah, which is why I don't use that bench anymore. Yeah, I take an over-the-counter steroid cream, put it on my arm, knocks it out right away. Yeah. Baseball players cannot do that. Yeah. So what he does, and he's damn well aware of this. His dad played in the major leagues. He knows. What he does is he goes into the trainer's office and says, hey, I need an antifungal because I have ringworm. They will give you an approved antifungal that has been screened by the league. Antifungal use in baseball is massive because for their feet, there are guys who have, you know, fungal disease on their hands in baseball. Like it's a dirty sport. Right. Antifungal treatments are common. Right. You do not use this. And it's this particular steroid. Yeah. That is a performance enhancing steroid that is banned by every major governing body, Olympians, Russians, track stars, cyclists have all tested positive for this. Right. Yeah. Because they use it to, to enhance their performance. Having said all that, I think they should be able to major league baseball owners. If you test positive and draw an 80 game ban, they should be able to void your contract. I agree. Yeah. And this guy, by the way, Fernando Tatis has been a, 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 fantastic pain in the ass yes he has this guy has and we said it do we have that clip no ah damn we had a clip before the show today february 18th of 2021 we did an episode if you search the channel for fernando tatis it'll come right up so when they signed this contract we railed and said this was a huge mistake they bought out the san diego padres bought out three years of this guy's rookie deal Mm mm-hmm Three, they paid him when they didn't have to for three more years, which, by the way, was last year. I'm pretty sure. They paid him out of three years of club control. So remember the Chicago Cubs in an era where Theo Epstein actually did baseballing well? Mm-hmm. Remember that the Cubs wouldn't bring Chris Bryan up to the majors until May? People were pissed. Because they needed club control. That gave them an extra year of club control where they could control his salary so that they could afford to buy more players and win, which they did with you, Darvish, right? The Padres bought him out of three years of club control to pay him. And how has he repaid them? Constantly being injured, constantly getting in arguments in the dugout with Manny Machado, riding motorcycles in the offseason in the Dominican, falling off his bike, hurting his wrist. Yeah. And not telling them that happened. Yeah, consistently not being the guy that he was paid to be. They should be able to avoid that contract. They can't. They are going to pay him. He's going to lose. He's only going to lose three million dollars of that of his money, which is wild. I mean, the fact that you you got popped for steroids and that's all you're going to lose is crazy. His contract is front loaded in favor of the team. I think it's three four, and then it goes up to like twenty, and then thirty six at its peak. Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Then there's Joe Rogan. Right. So Joe Rogan's been a hot topic of conversation on this here program. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Joe Rogan went on his show the other day and talked about TikTok, Mm -hmm. which we have talked about regularly on this show. Right. TikTok. And we have said that TikTok, you should take TikTok off your phone. You should not use it. I love TikTok. I find it wildly amusing. 
Um, I it is a fantastic waste of your life. <laughs> right? True. Right, it is. This is true. It is. Cold bloody clean, right? and thorough. I mean, I really like TikTok. Yeah. But what did I tell you? TikTok is bad. They're keeping your information. Their terms of service allow them to store your information on servers in China. It's not good. They're communists. It's China. They're not nice guys. Yeah. So Joe Rogan went on a show the other day in a clip that we don't have that I wish we did. We <laughs> Anyway, it's not Jake's fault. I'm just kidding. Um, Joe Rogan went on a show the other day and read the terms of service yeah. for TikTok. You know what the scariest one is? When you download the app, you give them permission to record your keystrokes. Mm -hmm. So now they know... Because they're allowed to put cookies on your phone. They're allowed to track your shopping. They are allowed to follow you on your phone and every other device on your network. You give them permission for this when you hit download. Because who reads terms of service? They can track your habits on all of your devices and every device on your network. So if any of, like in this house, if any of the three of us have TikTok on our phone, it's giving them permission to track all of our usage on the internet, all of our websites, all of our passwords, all of our bank passwords, who we bank with, when the last time we visited them. They're allowed to track your location so they know exactly where you are and when you're there and what your habits are, right? All of this is being stored on servers in China. And they are allowed to track your keystrokes, which should terrify you. Yeah. So I deleted TikTok from my phone. I will never use it again. I'm not going back. And it's a loss for us. Honestly, it's a loss for us because as an advertising platform, there are a few that are as effective as TikTok. Mm -hmm. I will not have TikTok on my phone. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, that is the conundrum, what you just laid out right there, that TikTok is incredibly effective and it is entertaining and it is fun, but I it's just that it's it's bothersome that, that that's what China's trying to do with it. And that's what what the point of the app is like, Hey, we're, we made an app that is super entertaining, super engaging, super fun. The problem is, is that that's not why we made the app. We made the app to store information and track, uh, anyone who uses it. And that's, and that's the problem. And obviously the question that has to be asked is why, who the hell knows why, but that's the problem. And yeah, it is a, a, a big loss. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about accounts that can, you can rack up two, three, 400,000 followers on TikTok in a matter of a year if you're consistent and you execute a strategy. So that's why it's frustrating. But I think that from a privacy standpoint, I mean, hell, it's still on my phone. You didn't even tell me before the show you had deleted it off your phone. Oh, yeah, you know? it's gone, dude. So, I mean, I guess I guess if that's where we are, that's where we are. Um, so I'll delete it. I'll remove it. Um, okay, I've removed it. But yeah, I, I just it's frustrating. It's very frustrating because I feel like we, we deal with this. So like with Facebook, you know, Facebook's very frustrating. We don't, you know, like it's not a fun platform anymore. Like the fact that Facebook owns Instagram bothers me on some level, even though I'm a big Instagram guy. Twitter, great example. Twitter is a necessity for the sports world and really for the news cycle. But nobody, who the hell actually enjoys Twitter? Like you get on Twitter to 
uh, enjoy information. So right? you hate Twitter? Yeah, I hate Twitter. I'm not. I'm not a Twitter guy at all. The only thing I love about Twitter is that I can get information right now on anything that I need. That's what I like Twitter for. I don't enjoy the the cesspool of negativity that is Twitter, though. Yeah, I hate Twitter too. I do. Twitter is a cesspool of, of negativity. Um, it is entertaining in a lot of ways, and I do like that you like Twitter is going to be the fastest way for you to get information right now. Um, if there is a fire, if there is a meteor, whatever it is, you're going to get that information right now. And, and I appreciate that. I'm trying to get back into Twitter. I used to use it a lot more. And, um, it, it, it was the, the cesspool of negativity, Jake, that, yeah. that drove me away from, from the Twitter. But I, the other thing I would say, and I haven't had a chance to research this yet is uh, I'm betting there's a lot of other apps that also track your keystrokes, that also oh, track yeah. all those things. But do you feel better that there's their data is um, stored here on servers in the United States? Is that the crux? Like, is that the crux that it's stored in a, a country that's not necessarily our friend? I would tell you that there's a, the company that owns TikTok is called Byte, Byte Dance. It's owned by the Chinese government. I mean, there's there's very few ways to get around that. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't, the, the, the keystroke thing's a big deal for me. That's your password. That's your banking information. That's, and the, <coughs> excuse me, the way that they do it across all of the devices, you give them access to your Wi-Fi network. So any device connected to your Wi-Fi network they have access to it. So I like, think give about them it. permission. Like think about it. in your average household, you know, you've got let's just say, you know, you've got the couple, the head of household, right? And then you've got their kids. So like even if the head of household isn't using TikTok, the kids are and they get access to the head of household's phones. Like that's how it works, right? That's essentially what we're saying is that, you know, if Man. your kid downloads TikTok and you have nothing to do with it, just by downloading the app and using it, they just gave the Chinese government essentially access to all your information. And that's probably what it is that it's the Chinese government and that, yeah, the information is stored, you know, overseas. And like, it's just that whole concept that I think, yeah, is, is troublesome for sure. Well, and this is the app that I, this is the story I've been looking for while we've been talking about this. I was reading this last night. Um, by far, Facebook is the other one that if it's on your phone, it's just, I mean. Oh, yeah. You're Facebook's giving, got it all. You're giving, you're giving it away. I mean, they you're, sell it all. You're, you're giving them access to your contacts, call logs, text messages, camera, microphone, internal storage, your Wi-Fi network, and your location. But no keystrokes. Uh, not, no, no keystrokes. But I, as far as I understand, TikTok is the only one that, that you give permission to record your keystrokes to. Yeah. And what this comes down to is, we just don't read the terms of service in the in the app store. No, nobody does. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that reads that stuff. You know, like it, it just is, it's crazy. Like the other one, um, you know, the other one is Words with Friends. Words with Friends is a terrible security app. <laughs> if you are playing Words with Friends, when you download it and connect with people on their platform, you give them permission to record all of your locations, all of your IP addresses, everybody on your, like this, the thing is everybody on your Wi-Fi network yeah. is in just about every app. So you give, 
And the reason they do that on a surface level is so that they can market to everybody on your Wi-Fi network. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. And for think about working at home now. Think about working at home now. And this is why every major company uses a VPN, which is a secure network. Smart. Because the problem is you're giving all of that information away to the Chinese government, quite literally. Who can do whatever they want with it. Quite literally. Yeah. I'm probably too paranoid about this. I don't know. Scammer trolling says a guy I used to work with would read all the terms of service crap and would argue with people over them. Total loser. Total okay. loser. Ouch. Get rid of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and geocaching apps, the Pizza Hut app, and just use Pokemon Go as your social media of choice. <laughs> Thank you. In a strange time. Thank you, Scammer. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast. Uh, says, I talked to some of my engineer buddies and create something similar to TikTok without tracking anyone. I would love to. I would love to. Scammer says, I got rid of Instagram. I hate it when people have access to pictures I post. Yes. Giggity, good morning to you, friend. He says, China is trying to take over the world's data flow. Look at the, the Peace Cable project. They want information traveling through their infrastructure so they can access all the information. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt. The internet is great, and the internet is terrible. Yeah. The internet is terrible. Uh, Gabe Ledley, good morning, sir. He says, who the hell knows why China wants this information? Uh, because the data is currency in the world we find ourselves. Free, quote unquote, free apps are far from free. Absolutely oh, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely They're, right. They are taking all you are paying with your information 100%. <laughs> yeah, I just, man, I don't, I don't know. Pudge NYC says, Monty knows. I know all. I wish I could market to everybody's phone. I, I probably would. Uh, Fat Jesus says, um, how do I let TikTok know that I accidentally typed in mature porn? Um, exactly. It was an accident. You, you well, know. you don't have to let them know. They're recording your keystrokes. Yeah. So, you know. You know. You know. Yeah. Do you, it, like, that's... You know. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't... What do you guys think about the Inflation Reduction Act? Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> Please. We don't have time for that. We don't, Please. We don't have time for that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. Please. I'm good. Arlington Bear says TikTok is a guilty pleasure. It is totally a guilty pleasure. Yeah. It is like, what social media do you use the Instagram. most? Instagram. By far? By far. Not even close. Yeah. I do hate Twitter. I mean, I use it all the time. It is a, it is a necessity in my life. I mean, being in content creation, being in sports media... It is a necessity. I cannot stand Twitter. Yeah. I I just... Yeah. And people send me... Like, the DMs alone are a reason to hate it. You know, like... And again, I don't Vanishing block people. Mode. I don't block people. It's bad for business. But, man, I'm telling you, Twitter is not... The mute button was the best invention ever. Twitter's not fun. Facebook, no. But the problem is Instagram is Facebook. Yeah. All the same permissions that you you oh, agree yeah. to with it, it is yeah it is and there's no doubt Mrs. Monty you use Instagram more than anything else yeah that's my primary and I you know I hate that Facebook purchased it they were brilliant to purchase it but it just I I hate that that's what's happened I also you know despise all the ads like constant oh my God. I've been getting the same ad about um, a like foot doctor like it just fills <laughs> it fills my feed like the story my the all the stories he pops up there who the fuck is that guy yeah exactly 
for crying out loud, like, stop. I see your ad a hundred times. I've never looked at it. I yeah. just know your name because it just is pushed out. You're right. obviously paying a lot for your ad. Right. But it's not helping you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm amazed. Like, I'm just, people are sending me stories about TikTok. Um, TikTok... <laughs> There's this story, and where is this from? This is from uh, Make Use Information uh, Network. Okay. Um, which is, a, I, I, I've read a ton of articles on Make Use. They're good. Um, it talks about in their current state, facial recognition and deep fake algorithms don't pose serious threats to everyday users. However, with this much high quality data and the fact that TikTok captures photos of you using your camera without your knowledge... The future could be very bleak. So wait, wait, wait. So when I use the camera app, they capture photos of me? No. Oh, no. TikTok also has the ability to snap images using your camera. Wow. Yeah. Why would you have TikTok That's on your crazy, phone? That's crazy, bro. I mean, That's crazy. The, and the issue is with all the facial recognition going on around the world. That's one of the things that people say the Chinese government wants most is a whole network of facial recognition. They want to they want a picture of every face on the planet. Wow. Well, I, I don't want to know why. They, I don't yeah, know why and I don't close. I don't you think they you think so? I mean, you know, no, they're not. It's it, there's too many people who don't use their phones that way, but I you know, they probably have several billion. That's terrifying to me. That that TikTok Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of pictures. You're talking about what are we at? Eight? What's the population of the planet it's now? Nowhere like near 8 what billion? Google has. Oh my God. Google has. Oh, the information that Google, Google's an information company. See, like that's the, I think Google's a great example. Good on you, Mrs. Monty, for bringing that up. I think Google is one of those companies that you don't realize how involved in your life. I mean, they're up to air, bro. Like, I mean, Bo-ho. yes, they are in your boho, right? <laughs> I mean, like, Google, every time you search, stores your search, your IP address, your location, the device. Like, yeah, man, like it is scary. Yeah. And and think about all the bots in your house. Think about. Think about all the bots in the chat. Think about. Are they in the chat? Don't say that. Don't say that. No, don't. Okay, good. Um, think Think about all the things that are listening to our conversation in our homes. Dude. My refrigerator listens to my conversations. My home little pod devices, like my phone, the my word. computers, the A word. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it's all recording that stuff. This is fucking America. I, I mean, and it has been for years. Yeah. For years. And and then, oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Brother BKL Contreras. Brother. Brother. <laughs> says hacking. That's the world. Don't forget that, Monty. Privacy. Think about all the information that's about us. Like my, I get credit updates every day. Every day I get the update. Your information's been stored on the dark web. Like every day. Your your email address is on the dark web. Dude! Yeah, like, but what do you do about that? Nothing. Well, you do what I do. You change your password once a month. Yeah. You try to like cycle passwords and... Yeah. Then you forget your password all the time. And like then you want to break Google and you smash your computer and it's great. But are you allowed to talk to somebody at Google? You're not. Nope. Can you call Google? You can't. Nope. You can't. They don't um, want to talk to you. No. Chris P says Google is God. There, it's everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Gabe Ledley says TikTok has 1 billion plus downloads in the Google Play Store alone. Yes, it does. 
Yes, it does. Uh, Pudge NYC says billions of people don't use the internet. Think about that. Billions of people don't. We're at 7.9 billion people on the planet right now. Is that right? Yeah. Good Lord. We were watching 60 Minutes last night because I'm old. Yeah. Um, I love that show. It's a depressing show. But there was that story about water usage. Yeah. Dude. Bro, so wait, let me get this right. We're in a mega drought, but then the biggest threat to California right now is mega floods. That's not good. It's crazy. That's not good. It's crazy. Uh, Talking with Raphael podcast. On BYU Radio. No, no, no. You got to get it right. Talking with Raphael podcast on PBS. (laughs) Brought to you by the Klein Institute for Rectal Resurfacing. You're welcome. What is wrong with you? You said rectal resurfacing. Hey, by the way, I still have not gotten the callback on my colonoscopy. Like, does the you not want to core that butthole out or what? No, no, no. Like, maybe, maybe they're not as excited as you are. I called the other day <laughs> and she's like, you health. I'm like, hey, it's me. I'm trying to get, you know, a, a colonoscopy scheduled. Sorry, fat ass. Nobody's in that department. No. And she's like, well, we're, I can tell you it's a minimum of six months of a wait. <laughs> Hope you're not dying on the inside. Still have not called me back. Still have not called me back. Scammer Trolling says, don't forget about Omegly. L- lots of weirdos there. I don't know what Omegly is. Omegle. Omegle. What's it's that? It's called Omegle. It's, a, it's an app. Oh, and, and it's big in Canada where you're, you're basically on a video chat, essentially, and you just bounce around to different rooms to like random people. There's a, a rapper on Instagram, Harry Mack who became famous using Omegle and live streaming Omegle on his YouTube channel. And he would do like freestyles for people. But I've heard that about Omegle where there's like so, a bunch of weird people. But this is different than Schmeagle. Right. This is different than Schmeagle. That's correct. Is that I've correct? I've never heard of Omegle. Yeah, it's a low, it's, it's, it's not as big as other platforms. And it's big in Canada, but it's not yeah. big here. As far as I understand, yeah, it's not big in the U.S., but it's big in Canada. It, it feels reminiscent a- of, of like the clubhouse that boomed and bust. Kind of, yeah. Cl- oh, yeah. Cl- oh, yeah. Remember when Clubhouse was like a thing? Yeah, I, w- I just, yeah. Yeah. Never. Mm, no. Never. Uh, Gabe Levy says, talking with Raphael podcast is definitely more of an NPR product than PBS. On NPR. Talking with like Raphael that. podcast on NPR radio. The world is the, ending. Brought to you by the coring of buttholes. Okay. From a- How about the explosion over Utah the other day? The meteor? What was that Saturday? It was Saturday morning, yeah. Yeah, the world was ending for about five I was, minutes. My wife I was at the daybreak farmers market and heard it, and everybody was like, "What the?" Because it was clearly not thunder. There wasn't enough clouds for thunder. that. Hear the but thunder. We do live close to the lightning mine. and the thunder. So immediately we were like, "Stop now!" Is it the mine? What's wrong? No, but everybody went to. Oh my God! The aliens are coring through the center of the earth. We're all going to die. The aliens. Ah! Yeah, it was a meteor breaking. Infowars.com. I would, I would like credit because one, I'm sexy. Two, I'm always right. Three, I've never been wrong. And I did tell you it was a sonic boom. You are what you are. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know how I do it. I do, actually. Thanks for coming. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was a sonic boom from a meteor entering the atmosphere above Utah. How about okay. that? Okay. And it did listening to the recordings. I didn't hear it. Personally, I was busy flexing these delts. Um you 
your lats. Uh, it was a sonic <laughs> boom. For, it was a sonic boom from my lats. Uh, anyway, the point is, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not a sonic boom from my. What lats. you bitch? Yeah, it was not a sonic boom from my lats. Uh, but Obviously it was. It not. was. It was seriously a meteor breaking the atmosphere. Right. And people are like, "Oh, Tom Cruise, middle of the earth, we're dead." <laughs> And no, it was not Scientology either. <laughs> so it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, that was cool. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, real quick. It is National Financial Competency Day. or Okay. Financial so Awareness Day. Awareness um, Day. No, it stuff. is not the Vernal Equinox. It is uh, Camp Bench. It's a Vernal Equinox. Yeah. Uh, it's National Financial Awareness Day. Jake, how financially okay. secure do you feel? Um, I mean, relatively, I, I think everybody would always want more money, you know, always want more security. Mrs. Monty, how financially secure do you feel? I, I feel fairly financially secure. I think we've for a long time, we've tried to build up money in retirement accounts and tried to invest where we can and, you know, tried to save when we're not buying more shoes. What? What? Okay. I don't know what you mean by not buying shoes. That's a foreign concept. Um, I, I think it's interesting with inflation and gas prices and the cost of food. And right. I think Americans, by some surveys, Americans have never felt more insecure financially mm -hmm. than they Well, there's a lot now. happening, you know? Well, there is. And I think one of the things that's interesting is um, Nielsen did a survey about six weeks ago now. Why do you feel insecure financially? Mm-hmm. And you know what the number one answer was? Nobody's taught me about money. I learned on my own. Mm -hmm. So people are self-taught financial operators. Yeah, well, they don't teach it in school. But how do you fix that? Because I don't think you can just start adding curriculum. No. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't teach people the most rudimentary things. Like who's, when's the last time you balanced your bank account? Well, know. but now it's different <laughs> with technology. Yeah. There's not as much of a need for you to, you're not writing paper checks that then have a delay. It's instant. So you're balanced kind of instantly, unless you are writing a lot of paper checks, in which case you're going to have to balance that. But how that many checkbook. people, how many people truly understand their financial picture? Yeah, probably not a lot. I think there's probably a lot of people who just are operating in the day to day and living life. Like, yeah. you know, like I don't think that. Look, you have to understand, and you can go and do your homework on this. Schools were set up to build employees, literally. Like That's when the it. first school was built, they were literally, the intention was to create better employees. And it's never really changed. I mean, you've, we've never really put in like, you know, teaching, like financial literacy is a good example. There are plenty of examples, mm -hmm. but we never really made that adjustment. And so now, like when we're talking about TikTok and Instagram, a big thing on social media right now is how to leverage the tax code to save yourself $10,000 a year and that every American can do it and it's easy and it's not hard to do, but you just didn't know how to do it because no one taught you how to do it. That's a big thing right now. So yeah, I mean, I don't think the conversation is ever going to be fixing schools or adding it. I think it's as usual in life, like you have to go and find it. That's the thing right now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about going out and finding it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I wonder how many people realize that they don't know what they're doing with their money, or that because, there's more that they could be doing. I think that that's how I would. Oh, that's a, say that's it. a really good point. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really like, good people, point. Because like people know how to could. pay, like people know how to pay their bills and like the average right. stuff, but like they don't know how to create an LLC or the fact that it takes like five minutes to do or like any of this. Well, stuff. Well, what are we doing today? 
well, we're opening solo 401ks because we left Yelp and I have a sum of money in a 401k at Yelp that I want to to move into another 401k so I don't have to pay fees and taxes on it. Mm-hmm. So how many people even know what a solo 401k is, right? Like, I yeah. mean, I, I think it's stuff like that that really is fascinating to me because I think most people don't understand how many people actually have retirement savings. I'm 50 years old. How yeah. many fifty-year-olds, fifty-year-olds in this country have a four hundred one? Well, yeah, there's a whole thing out right now about how Social Security ran out. So, like, people who were going to live off of that are not doing that. They're going back to work, like that. So, like, yeah, I think people, like, you know, uh, baby boomers were the last generation to live off of Social Security. Like, that's not I mean, happening I, anymore. I think one of the things I, I I find so interesting is, do you feel secure financially? Because I I, I think now. It's, it's odd. We have so many available jobs and so few workers to fill that job. I mean, what is, I guess the question is, what does secure financially feel like? That's the thing. Like, is secure financially, hey, I can pay my bills and stuff, or secure financially, like, I don't have to even think about paying my bills? Or, like, what, like, I think that is really like what we have to yeah, ask. I mean, I, I think it is not thinking about your money, not looking at your bank account every five minutes, not wondering, mm-hmm. hey, can I afford to feed my kids tonight? Yeah. Hey, like holiday season is coming. If you can believe that it's almost September. Here we are on August 15th Mm -hmm. and we're sitting here thinking about, well, how am I going to pay for Christmas? Well, am I going to start budgeting for Christmas? Am I going to have money for my kid's birthday? Yeah. Like to me, that's a real conversation in this country. How many people have moved out of an apartment or been evicted from an apartment recently because, you know, like eviction moratoriums have come to an end. Yeah. And I think that's the tough part. Like, I don't, I don't like what, what is see, and this is, so this is like the vicious cycle. Okay. So you, you don't get taught in school how to do more with your money, right. Or make your money go further. So then you get into a situation where the economy cycles, the average American doesn't even know what the hell that even means. What, what does that even mean? The economy goes through cycles. You know what I mean? Like your average person probably doesn't even fully understand that because it's so complex. So then they're being told, okay, inflation's really high, which means gas is going to be high, food's going to be high, all this stuff's going to cost you more money. But your job's not going to pay you more, and you have three hungry mouths to feed at home. So when we talk about being financially secure or maybe feeling financially secure— it doesn't surprise me that most people don't feel secure. What's there to feel secure about? But how many people are building for themselves? Another excellent point. How many people are— How many people— are working for a paycheck instead of working for themselves. Like, I mean, that's the kind of thing. And part of the reason that there are so few workers to fill so many jobs right now, because I want to say it's still three open jobs for every one applicant. Mm-hmm. Um, that tells me that, A, we lost quite a few people in the pandemic. I think you have to account for that. Totally. I think you have to account for the fact that there's never been more a small business generation in this country than there has been the last three years. Mm-hmm. Small business, self-employment, entrepreneurship has skyrocketed through the pandemic. But I wonder how many people, you know, are, are thinking in those terms. I, I don't know. Well, I think a lot of people, what's happening, just in my opinion, is a lot of people are saying, okay, like younger people specifically, this would apply to, are saying, all right, well, hey, like I know, like I'm in high school, but I know that my time's coming. Like the push down is getting further and further. So I know that 
I have nothing to lose. That whole concept about like it's getting out that I don't have to go to school to make a bunch of money or that that I don't need to carry that debt load or like I can do these things. That's why we're seeing the workforce being smaller, in my opinion, because young people understand, okay, I can make money on TikTok. I can do these things. So they're not going, they're not, the, the, tr the traditional path is not being worked nearly no, as much anymore. It's not. It's not. I agree. Mrs. Monty, you're just shaking your head. Well, I... I agree with what Jake's saying about the, the the difference. I really think that the biggest change is the entrepreneurship, that there are more people working for themselves or being independent contractors. You, Unfortunately, you get better tax breaks if you do it right. If you work for yourself and, and you, or you're an independent contractor and you do it right, you can give yourself better tax breaks. Uh, I talked to a, a neighbor who is the CEO of a small business, and he was saying that he's starting his executive MBA. And you mm. know what? He's able to run that through his business so he doesn't have to pay for it himself. The company will pay for it. Brilliant. And that's the kind of thing where, you know, it's... It, it can be run through. You can find ways to run things through your your corporation or through um, yeah. your self-employment. But it, it's the scary thing is then you have to deal with the IRS mm -hmm. and you have to deal with getting audited. And you got to have an accountant. You got to have an accountant. I don't think I don't. I think anymore in the in the age of the LLC that we are living in now, you have to have a tax professional. Yeah, I, you just well, do. especially with what, you know, the Biden administration just did hiring all those IRS agents. I mean, you know, that's not a great message yeah no it's probably not a great message but i think you i think you have to but you have to do these things yeah you cannot yep. continue to just hand your money to the federal government i'm a big believer that you have to legally leverage the tax code you have yeah. to legally leverage it you have to take your write-offs you have to write off your your home office space you have to write off your shoes you have to write off your trip to, to hawaii you have to write off your meals you all this stuff, like we know how to do that. We mm -hmm. create content for a living. That's what we do. We always create content to write off our gym membership. To that's why we make content on shoes. That's why we. You have to do that stuff because yeah. you're just give. If you are not doing that, you are absolutely giving away extra money to the to the government. You, you are all right. Let's Mike uh, Parker says best income source I've found is bi-directional intraday trading futures ETFs in an IRA account. Well, there's a lot of people in the day trading, but like that's another example. No, who teaches you how to day trade? Like how many people <clears throat> like is day trading? Not one of the most intimidating things to try to venture into. You can lose it all. Right. Like not, in that. And that's the message. Smart. Like, yeah. You know, like who, like where do you go outside of college? Where do you go? Well, there's courses, and I got to pay a thousand bucks, and I got to do this and that. Like it, it's just not. It learning is not cheap. I guess is what no. I would say. You know what I mean? Like, no. like, and I don't just mean college though. Like, I like finding courses and no, trying no, no. to educate yourself. Learning lessons in life is not cheap. Yeah. When you usually when you make a big mistake in life, it's quite expensive. Yeah. It is quite expensive, but then you learn and hopefully you grow because most entrepreneurs have gone through things. I can tell you, this is me personally, where I've tried to start businesses and I have failed and it has cost me money, mm -hmm. but there's a learning curve in that. It is very rare that you come out of the gate, you open a company and you explode and you're like, all right, happily ever after. Right. It's very rare that that happens because yeah. you don't know what you don't know.
Yeah. You know, like you, it, it's impossible. CAA Mafia, good morning, says China makes TikTok to keep Americans entertained and ignorant. Yep. They don't allow Chinese people to use social media to keep them focused. <laughs> it's 100% true. I can't, there are very few TikToks that I've seen where I'm like, oh, that seems actually factual and is useful. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're endlessly entertained by the constant reel of, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. Yes. And it just is like feeding. How much productivity? I'm so guilty of this. Oh my God. How much productivity do I lose every day to social media? At least an hour. Yeah. Oh, probably, probably more. Probably I mean, more. All of us are, you know. But again, this is why I say when we talk about, and again, I advocate for everybody to open your own business. I quit your job, find your dream, quit your job, open a business. You, there's a process to that. But I, you have to do it. Like, it, it, And you have to learn this stuff for yourself. If you're a parent, you have to teach your kids about this stuff. If you're the best thing you can do as a parent is set your kids up on on good credit when they're young. Get them credit cards. Get them get them going. Put teach them cuz your schools are not going to teach them. We don't fund education in this country. One of the biggest tasks in credit for your kids, open a credit card in their name for whatever they can get and put yourself as a co-signer on the credit card and don't allow them to use the card, you use the card. And then it helps their credit score five years down the line. And all you have to it's like do, like the easiest thing, all you have to do, is use that card once a month and pay it off. That's it. That's buy tank. Like I, I know people. I know people that I used to work with, who have a credit card for their five year old, and they buy a tank of gas a month on it, and it works. And they and credit card companies give that kid a credit limit. Capital yeah. One gave a five year old. A $2,000 credit limit. I, I'm not even how? sure how that's legal. <laughs> it's it. Trust me. Yeah. Do that's... it. Because it helps your child. Because you're co-signing. Yeah. You're, you're, on co-signing. That, you're on that with them. Yeah. It helps them down the road because it builds their credit score up. Mm-hmm. They're not starting at 600. They're starting at 750. Yeah. Right? Now, it's going to be a slow climb because available credit and credit usage is a huge part of that. But- Having a credit card where they're going to get out of college and you have a $10,000 credit card limit is a very good thing as long as you educate them. Yeah. But I'm also telling you, man, you have to think about retirement. You have to be selfish in this world on certain things. The money you make and the way you make it is critically important. Mm -hmm. The person next door is not the one to be selfish with. Watering your lawn two hours a day is not the right way to be selfish. Not in this current climate. Not the way the world's working. Making money, putting money away, experiences instead of items, that's where you need to be selfish. Work for yourself. Make your own money. Yeah. Do not be reliant on people. Yeah. That's like on a day like this where we are talking about, you know, this, this, and people joke that it's a, a, a national holiday. National Financial Awareness Day is should be an awakening yeah. for people. If you are not following the stock market, if you are not following financial trends, I'm telling you now, if you have no interest in real estate, you're doing life wrong. Mm-hmm. Figure out an interest. In Understand what your health is worth. If you own a home and you do not know who's selling and who's buying around you, you're crazy. If you do not have, if you do not have notifications on your phone when a house lists within five miles of you, you're crazy. I have notifications on my home, on my phone when there are new listings. So that it tells me, hey, your neighbor reduced the price of their home, reduced it again, sold, mm-hmm. under contract, closed. 
Like you have to do that. Yeah. You have to do those things. I I still maintain and I'll always maintain real estate is the way to build generational wealth. It is it, the it way is. To, to build generate. There's no other way to do it. Mm -hmm. They're just, I, in my opinion, it is the best way to do it. Yeah. It is the best way to do it. All right. Before we get out of here, speaking of generational wealth, let me remind you that the show is presented by Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Now, you may know this and you, I think you probably do know this. Um, Devery Davis has done three of my mortgages. Uh, and the reason that I rely on Devery Davis to do my mortgages because I get personal service. It's that simple. You're going to go places where you're treated well and you're never going to get treated better than you do with Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. The guy is just nails. You can call him. You can text him. Um, he's got a very small staff in his office and they just produce. That's all they do. Um, he has got an absolute data bank in his brain of how mortgages work. And I just will continue to tell you, if you believe that you can't afford a down payment on a mortgage, you're wrong. You're wrong. You want to build generational wealth? You want to build security for you and your family? Get into real estate. Devery can teach you how to do that. He can show you how to build generational wealth through investment properties. If you go to him and you say, hey, you know, I own a house, but I really would like to refi. Am I a candidate? He's going to tell you in a five-minute conversation. Hey, I'd really like to buy this condo. Devery and I have had this conversation a dozen times. Yeah. I will text him an MLS number, a, like a real estate listing number. Um, I will text him that number and I'll say, hey, I want to add this to my portfolio. He will say, hey, here's XYZ. Mm, can't lend conventionally on it. Like, hey, you'd have to pay cash for it. You'd have to put 20% down. You'd have to put nothing down. Like, he's just going to give you scenarios and he's going to, you know, say, hey, these are your options. Well, hey, Debra, yeah, what do I, what, you know, I, I'm leaning this way. And you'll have a conversation about it. And he has never steered me wrong. And the experience I've had with Devery, that's why I tell you, call Devery Davis today, 801-543-9666, 801-543-9666 for Devery Davis. You're listening to The Monty Show, my favorite peeps. I'm Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you don't know what you're doing, you bought multiple homes, second homes, investment properties, multifamily, we've got you covered. Our office consists of everybody it takes to do your loan, from processing to underwriting to doc departments. We do it all right here. We're not waiting on Tucum Carrier Walla Walla Washington to answer an email. We take care of it here. The housing market's changed. Prices are dropping. It's the greatest time to buy a house. There's no such thing as a dumb question. If you have any questions, you give me a shout. I'll walk you through it. Have a great day. Tell my money guys I said what's up. What's up? Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801 543 9666 NMLS number 278545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. By the way, don't forget, the only place to enter for our BYU driveaway is at Barbecue Pit Stop. Um, Devery presents our, our BYU driveaway. He's the guy that made that possible for you. And on this show where we have partners and advertisers, we really need you guys to move to those advertisers. We need you to go into Barbecue Pit Stop, enter to win that contest. Yeah. Tell them, hey, I heard about you on the Monty Show. Our guy, Lauren Miller, my guy, won a Traeger Smoker through Barbecue Pit Stop. Awesome stuff. Yes. Hook it up. Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Murray, and St. George for Barbecue Pit Stop. BBQPitStop.com. <sighs> okay. 24 hours from now, will we have a trade in the NBA? No. 
10 years from now, will there have been another trade in the NBA? Uh, I hope so. It's doubtful. Uh, It's doubtful, but I hope so. It is doubtful. You know. It is what it is. Hey, love you guys. Thanks for being here. Appreciate all your support on the show. Tomorrow we will have something to talk about. I need an NBA trade. I want it. I want an NBA trade. How about a Deshaun Watson ruling? How about that? That'd be awesome. Did you hear what the fans were chanting at Deshaun Watson? My God. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.